Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. We are back with another episode. I am your host, Scott Faribault. Along with me is Josh Leitner. Wait, 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 wait. You are the host? We are the host. Along um, with me. If I say, are the host. If I say, I, if I, say I am the host, along with me, we'll be my other host. Gosh, How about that? Man. It's Josh Leitner. What's up, man? How's it going, man? What is with your eyes? Normally, I would make fun of your nose, but right now, it I looks know, like you've so had So last a night, I was driving home from work from Huntington. I couldn't see a goddamn thing. At 7 o'clock this morning, I just couldn't focus. On so I was like, what's wrong? So I got a I got a prescription for pink eye. So Looks like you I got, got into a fight with one of the instructors or coaches. I got to find look a whole lot worse than this. Trust me. We're this would find be, out. This after would be bit. this would be good if I had walked away like this. From what I heard, we may find out after a bit. Yeah, <laughs> you don't want to find out. I'm old. All right. So uh, real quick, any updates we have to add? Friday night at the bar has been crushing it, man. So uh, we haven't really been talking a whole lot about like the standings for points, but we're pretty even. Yeah. So champs versus well. champs, we've been like real, real neck and neck. What's that? So we every Friday at seven o'clock we do a workout here. It's called the championship. Yeah, it's called Friday Night Football. Yeah. 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 So we come in here and uh, we break it down. We have like last week we had eighteen people. This Friday we even had really good turnout. And we break it down into Team Josh and Team Scott, and we kind of have a friendly competition. We keep track of points, and every week we try to see who can beat who. So was that the kids thing when when you come up to my? You had more kids up there the one time. Oh so no, that was we were running. Yeah, we were running a different program. This is something we just do on Friday nights now. That was. I used to have the soccer team up there, or the uh, okay. softball team that okay. we had for a while. Now they're in softball season. They should be coming back. But, yeah, as far as that Friday night, we appreciate every single one of you guys coming out and really supporting us. Um, we're really humbled by the turnout. We're getting 18, 20 people almost every Friday. Uh, great time. So if you're if you're listening and you want to know what this is about, every Friday, 7 p.m. here at the Gorilla House, you don't have to be a member. There's a slight drop-in fee. Um, come in, work out, get your Friday started off right. If you're listening to the podcast right now, we appreciate it as well. If you can... May it spread the word, tell everybody about our podcast, The Chip and the Champ. We're on Spotify, iMusic, Castbox. What else are we on? iMusic? What is iMusic? iMusic or iTunes, I'm sorry. Uh, iTunes. Ah, uh, iTunes. iTunes. What? iMusic. I'm a Samsung guy. You sound guy. like a grandfather. Yeah, yeah. God, I'm old this shit. Like, he's old as fuck. He's at the Googles. It's, it's the Googles. He's. Get, get on that www.thing. <laughs> get on so, the World Wide Web. Yeah. Make sure you spread the word about us. If anybody's interested in merch, we're working on some ideas for some different types of merchandise. We're talking about maybe doing some shirts. So please message me. Let us know kind of like what your thoughts are, if there's anything you're looking for in particular, sizes, so we can get some ideas of what we're yeah. going to get ourselves into. And to get a hold of us, we have our email, chip the champ, uh, the chip of the champ at gmail.com. So any questions, um, guest ideas, topics you'd like to hear about, Reach out, tell us about it. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. So, Facebook, Instagram, you can reach out to us just anywhere. Or you can just reach out and grab Scott when he's walking around aimlessly, probably seeing something Pretty shiny in the corner. <laughs> you can definitely get a hold of him that way. So we got somebody else in the room. Who is it? Yeah, so uh, getting right into this. So we are honored to be um, sitting down today with Mr. Darren Cassidy, kind of a legend in the fight world. Um, unless you live under a rock, I'm sure you've heard of his name. Um, Darren was a pro kickboxer. Back in the day, he is currently the head coach of the Grill House MMA. Um, he is the wrestling coach, kind of does it all. He's an all-around badass. Um, Darren, I've known about you since I started dabbling MMA years ago. Uh, I heard your name. I've known about you probably long before you ever knew about me. In fact, you're probably asking, right, who the hell is this Scott Fairball guy who wants to be on the podcast? But no, honestly, I know who you I've, are. I've heard about you for a long time. You were Dignans, um, right? I was, yeah. Dignans, I was right Jason and those guys. That's how I met Ethan. So, uh I can't wait to hear your story. I've always wanted to sit down and talk to you, um, but you've always been busy with the coaches and the, the team. So um, this is going to be, for me, it's going to be awesome to hear your story because I've heard, man, how, how good you really were at this, how good you are at this. So 
Um, without any further, I'd like to get a deep dive and yep. kind of tell me who you are, where you're about, where you're from, and well, from there. I grew up, uh, I lived in Pittsburgh until I was 22 or 23. I think I moved here in 95 or 96. Um, went, was, a, uh, was in youth wrestling as a kid. Um, I went to Norwin, which was a notorious school for big wrestling. Whippeal, I don't know how familiar with wrestling, but the Whippeal is largely known as probably the best, and that's just a you know a district region, probably the best wrestling region in the country. Yep. Um, several national champs, high-ranked kids come up from, from that area, so obviously it's a real strong wrestling area. Um, so I did that as a kid, and then uh, as I got in high school. You know, did the football thing, other sports. Actually, played tennis. If you can play, I can't believe I admitted that. Really? Yeah, I was interested. I loved it. I, I don't know why. Just I, I loved it. I actually, I actually look at the courts here every day. I'm I'm close to asking Ray if I can jump on and she will see it. if I can still do it. Listen, people laugh at tennis. That shit's hard. Well, it's it's all, what it's good for is footwork. If you can believe it or not, yeah, I can believe that. Just the footwork part of it, um, really, because that's one thing that that. Win or lose, I always got a, I always got compliments on footwork. Um, you know, people always said, "Oh, your footwork's so good." And you can ask Ethan and all them. I'm anal about footwork, and yep. you know, you can't do anything in sp any sport without footwork. Yep. You know, um, so anyhow, um, got into boxing. About I think I was about 17. Um, I know I did my first fight. I just turned 19. Um, again in Pittsburgh. Um, had several fights, won, a, you know, won the, the Golden Gloves as a sub-novice, novice, and then I turned open, and that's about the time that I moved here. Um, box Ashley with Johnny and Tommy and all them yep. at uh, ABC. At ABC down yeah. at UVA there. And that was uh, tough. To, there was a different. Pittsburgh was a little more, and I remember Johnny telling me when I first moved up here, he said, we're a little different out here. And... Uh, just that that in your face style. Yes. I mean, I, when I first moved here, I had a, I had a lot of trouble with those guys because it was just it was an amateur style. Whereas in Pittsburgh, it's more more you know jab heavy, stick right. and move, more right. boxing style. And my God, did I have trouble when I first moved? Here. They just wouldn't stop. They were just in my face constantly. And it was adjustment to to learn that style when I first moved up here. I trained down there with Tommy, and I, I remember those days. Like it was Smash Mouth. Oh my down God! There, Tommy the Shetty, and was like, "You ready to box now?" Like it was just a test to see, do you have the heart to do this, dude? And it wasn't even dude. like, you know, in Pittsburgh, I had a, I had a, a coach. He held pad, and that's why, and we'll get to that later. But that's why I'm not so big on holding pads all the time. Um, in Pittsburgh, there's pad holders. We did all we did defensive stuff. Friggin' Altoona, I mean, it was like, okay, hit the bag, jump rope, you're spawn. Yes. I was like, holy <laughs> shit. Like, literally. Yep. And it wasn't one round, two rounds and you're out. It right. was like fucking four or five rounds and they were just, and it was just. It was like a round rub. You get in, get out, do your jump rope, heavy bag, wait to get back in the ring. Yes. And it was just brutal. And I mean, you know, and Tommy in the day, he was tough. And there was others in there. I think was that Scousy kids. There Scousy, was a few. You had uh, Beatrice back in the day. You remember that, He was a little older. He was there. Yeah, stories about him. He was a monster. They said he could hit. Yeah, yeah, he hit like a truck. That's what. When I first moved here, Johnny said, you know, I thought I hit hard, and Johnny said, yeah, I would hit hard. Dang, Beatrice hits. Hard. I was like, yeah, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, that was a nice opening. Um, 
But uh, so <laughs> had a couple kids, um, took some time off after boxing, and then um, actually around the time the tough man came, I met a guy named Kirk uh, Robinson. He, yep. I don't know if you know Kirk. Or oh, yeah. He changed my uh, kid for kickboxing. Yes. Yep. Um, and I went down to spar something. It might have been Max. I went down. Someone asked me to come down and spar. Someone was getting ready for a big kickboxing tournament. I think it was Max. And I met Kirk. And, you know, went through it, uh, sparred with him, and he said, hey, you ought to give it a try. Well, the kickboxers in Pittsburgh were, which I didn't know at the time, there's three, at the time there's three different styles of kickboxing. There was American rules, okay. which was a, a fancy taekwondo, basically. Yeah. It was above the waist, punches everything, but no, no low kicks, no knees, no nothing. Right, no elbows, there, nothing. Exactly. There was international rules, which is what I started at. That's what Kirk started me with. That's full punches, full kicks, but you're allowed to kick the legs. Okay. Then there's obviously tie, which is all that plus knees. Elbows weren't, there was really no elbows back in that time. Oh, really? Um, no, because, and you guys forget that at the time I fought, MMA wasn't legal in PA. Correct. I couldn't even fight in PA because it wasn't, any low kick wasn't sanctioned in PA. So I was always traveling out of state. Um, I don't think MMA got legalized until I think it was yeah. 09 or 10. I was going to say it was wild. Yeah, because... Uh, it was a year, in fact, it was, it was 09 because it was a year with Iraq. So it was 2009. Yeah, was so basically my whole kickboxing career, or yeah, because I retired in seven, my whole kickboxing, I never was able to fight in PA because it wasn't sanctioned. Is that right? Yeah, I was had, I, crazy. I was traveling, and that's what Kirk always called me, the road warrior. I was traveling everywhere. Yeah. I mean, Iowa, uh, went to Iowa a few times, Kansas City, Jersey, uh, New Orleans, Fought in Barbados, New York. I know I'm missing one in there somewhere. But I had to travel extensively. Now, what weight did you fight at? Well, I started at uh, two, I think it was 210. There was a 210 or 212 weight class. Now, in boxing, like I was a smaller guy when I graduated high school and even right. being in boxing, I started 147, finished up at 156. Um, got got a hair up my ass that I was too small and I got, I got that, what's that? That syndrome where you think you're the, too small. The deployed syndrome. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so I blew myself up, um, got real big, got, I think, like 235, 240, met Kirk, and then figured, fuck, I'll give it one more time, try and compete again. So I slowly started to pull down. I think yeah. my last fight was at 85. Now, which which weight class did you feel the best at, 85? <sighs> Ethan asked, you know, me and Ethan talk about that a lot. I can tell you this much 210, I was always the type of fighter if I was faster. I was golden. Right. If you were faster than me, I did have a little, you know, I would I would struggle, not struggle. It was a little bit more of a challenge. Right. Um, so 210, I was always the faster person. If you can take a punch and you can take a kick, that's where I thought I felt the best. I felt the best, but I, there wasn't much of a challenge with the bigger You perform better. Too. Yeah. yeah. Um, 85, you know, I did very well, but, it, you know, so sometimes guys, yeah, better. sometimes Dudes were quicker than me. Yeah. Um, you know, the one good thing about kickboxing and what I had trouble with in boxing, again, if I was not the faster one and I was not the longer one, I had a little bit of trouble. And that's the one good thing about kickboxing is with the longer range of 210, I could take the legs. Yeah. You know, it wasn't so much of a challenge to get inside like it is boxing. You know, and that's what, um, that's what I really liked about kickboxing is you know, if you're faster with your hands, your longer reach, I'll just take your legs, or vice versa, right. you know. Yeah. Um, 
you know, a lot more opportunities and not just exactly. I got short limbs. I got to figure out how to get inside. Exactly. And yeah, and, and you know, boxing, especially when I did it, you know, those dudes. And me and Tommy talk about it. it, it I know everybody says it. It was there was a lot more competition back then. Yeah, it was. seemed like there was. Whereas MMA now has is, is robbed everybody, you know, now everybody's doing MMA. Back then there was only boxing. Right. No one knew jiu-jitsu, you know, or very few. UFC was just kind of coming around. Yep. Um, so, you know, if you were a combat person, you were boxing. Yep. There were some bad dudes boxing. That was I mean, to go back then. I was 18, maybe, I think I just turned 18, and this, this is how old I am. When... They used to, I'm allowed to ask, by the way. Yeah, no, no, we're not going to say a fucking number. <laughs> um, they took us to uh, the state pen to spar prisoners. I was fucking 18, just Jesus. out of high school, and my little ass walked in. I don't know if you know where New Stanton's at. That's where we used to spar. I know New yeah, that. Well, yeah, you're in the fucking prison yeah. system. Yes. Yeah, I know New Stanton. That's, well, and you know Jesus. that back in the day. So you went to New Stanton to box? New Stanton. So you got enough anxiety going in there going, what the fuck am I getting wow. involved Dude, in here? Listen. And they let some of them out. I don't know if you've been to New San Juan. It's like two tiers. Well, they put that goddamn boxing ring in the middle of the... In the middle of these flooded Oh, tears. my God. All eyes on you. Dude, and the, I learned... And probably that's why I got my mouth where I have now. <laughs> I learned words that I never even fucking heard before. <laughs> and I learned how to use them. Guaranteed. Yeah, because I was called every one of those yeah, names. I mean, you're a young 18-year-old kid. 18, dude. Yeah. And, and that's what, you know, I used to mess with Caden, you know. I'm like, dude, there's no wrestling event tougher than what the fuck I did at 18 going to a state pen to spar inmates. And those guys like, are good. Oh, good. That's all they do. Yeah, that's all they do. Inner city Who youth? set that shit up? My God. Well, well, that's our, so, that probably isn't so, even legal Long anymore. story short. No, but yeah, it's out. Yeah. Let me give you a backstory on this. So yeah. this is, so Smithfield Prison used to have the boxing, there was a guy named Ed McEwen up there that ran the boxing clinic. Well, oh, I know that name. So Ed was their boxing yeah. coach. So Ed's still there, actually. He's getting ready to retire. Um, so he brought this box into life, and there was a it was it made on inmate for a while, and then they were bringing people from the outside. We did this for basketball and softball, so we had outside softball teams come in, outside basketball, and then boxers would come in and fight. It was pretty awesome, and then different people come in. They thought it was too violent, you know how that is. You know, you have your politicians come in, even though I personally think it was the best thing ever because people's aggression stayed low. They were able to handle their business. People look forward to it. They had a goal because they know if they messed up in the prison, oh, they, you were on the boxing team. Yeah. So if you want to be on this boxing team and people loved it, you had to walk the straight and narrow. And then they did away with it, and it was a big shit show. But the, the boxing program itself was a huge hit until politicians got involved. Oh, yeah. It was, it was, I mean, that's all they did all day. I mean, you know, I walked in there 18, you know, just out of high school, didn't know, you know, I, Norman's a suburb, you know, I didn't right. really see a lot. And, uh, woof. Boy, did my eyes get open when I walked yeah, in would, there. That would be a quite an experience, though. Yeah, it was. It was. I got my so how, ass handed to say, me how did the you first. Do? Oh my god, I got literally throttled the first trip in there. But to their credit, I mean, they called me every name coming in. But the the amount of dudes, you know, because you move with a few guys in there. The the amount yeah. of guys come up to me afterwards are like, you, you know, you got heart. You know, that's kind of what. And I was newer at the Pretty sport at the time. But that's what kind of pushed me through. I'm like, yeah, I took an ass kicking, but you know, I didn't, I didn't get dry, I didn't quit. I, you know, and maybe that's you when I, bitch. yeah, and that's when I knew, you know, hey, you know, maybe I can make something. And, and that's why, you know, and I'm getting a little bit off subject, but that's why I'm really selective on who I coach now. You know, we and there's been kids come in, 
and you know they they think they're entitled to get in that cage with the fighters and I'm like no you're not you don't just walk right. in and think you're gonna train with fighters you have to earn your way in. Right. And, and you know what you earn your way by sparring because at the bottom line you know this you fought you you, you were in it if you don't love sparring this ain't the fucking sport for you you know what I mean and you have to love sparring period I don't give a shit who you are if you don't and I'm not saying you gotta spar every day because I disagree with that too but when that time comes, you have to love it. And if you don't, this ain't it. That's right. And there's been kids in there that invite themselves in that cage. And, and you know what? And one in particular, I'm not going to give a name. One in particular sports Sid. And you hear him whispering, please don't hit me. Please don't hit me. I'm like, but listen, if you're cutting a deal with a 115-pound woman fighter, this ain't the step sport. Aside. This probably in the sport. Go punch bags. But we're going to blame that on Cam. I Hopefully Cam's listening because Cam come to me and said, oh, this kid's going to be, I think he's going to be pretty good. Well, Cam, you missed the mark yeah. on that, dude. Well, he overshot that one. Yeah, he missed the mark. Now, this kid's a fence. I'm sure Sid hits like a truck, though. She's a... Yeah, she's, but, but, <laughs> but still, like, it has a mark. She's a... Look, and all my, all my fighters, you know, we have that saying, we will work off of your energy, meaning if you want to spar, we're going to spar. You want to be a douchebag and start winging, yeah. we'll start winging. But... She's one of the better ones. She'll kind of touch you up, touch you up, see how you are. If you're an idiot, she'll be an idiot back. Right. But she was being, you know, for Sid, she was being really reasonable with that yeah. kid. And I just hear, I just hear this, hey, please don't hit me. <laughs> I said, yeah, you, this probably ain't the sport for you, buddy. I would never forget that. Remember Shane McMahon? Yes. Little Shane Todd. Yes. I never forget starting MMA. Little Shane was in there. The same thing, feeding off me. He's helped me out. You know, I'm the new guy, so I got all this nervous energy. He kept saying, you better slow down. Like, yeah. pull your punch a little bit, slow down. Yeah. I wasn't. And then all of a sudden, I got clipped. And he yeah. hit me hard. He goes, you ready to learn? I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm ready. Like, well, yeah, I mean, it, was, it was one of those ones where he knew I wasn't being a dick. It was just his nervous energy. I couldn't yeah. calm down. I'm, and I'm nervous. I'm in with this guy, and he's good. And he's real composed, and I'm not. And puts me in my check. He, he put me in place real quick, and that was when I started learning. All right, there's, well, there's yeah. a feedback system here. And, and, and what you said, there, yeah, there, there's nervous energy, and then there's douchebag. You know, I have no problem. You've seen him come. I mean, yeah. you know, we've all been there. You come in, you're like, shit. It's almost that fight or flight right. thing. You start swinging. Yep. But you learn, you know, and certain way. people don't. And they just, you know, the spawn will start out, and, like, you know, we'll always kind of touch, and boom. I'm like, dude, really? You know? Yeah. If that's how it's gonna be, you know, we're gonna fight that. Right. We're gonna, we're gonna exactly. show you how this really goes. Then. Exactly. Yeah, there's that's and that's like you said. That's good to be selective because you got to protect your fighters too. You got some dude in here trying to show off. You're they're getting ready for a fight. And they get hurt trying to spar. You gotta look at that. As that's well. a, and that's exactly it. Um, I forget who I just read an article a little bit ago about. Um, you know, one of the UFC guys was sparring. Oh, it was that uh, Strickland dude, and I guess he sparred um, a notorious. A really big, really good jujitsu guy, and I mm -hmm. guess kind of he kind of winged down. He had an underhook, and he kind of winged down and was about to snap his shoulder. He's like, "Dude, I got to fight!" Like, right. you know, come on, Not that shit be, be smart. But uh, so. yeah, there, there's a lot to it. Um, and, and and to be honest with you, the other side, of it, I'm selective because I just I want to focus on only a certain amount of people. I just don't, you know, I'm a I'm a control freak. I'm a perfectionist. Um, 
I want to be able to put my full effort into only a small group of people. And you do. You give 110% in everything you do. Like, we can hear you down here. I'm like, good for him. Like, you know how to coach. Like, you bring passion to it. I and mean, when you bring somebody that brings passion to something like that, yeah. people are going to feed off of that. You know, they, they bring it back then. Well, you know, I want, and the one thing I, the one thing I think I can do, no matter what sport it is, I, I will make people get to their potential and hopefully above it. Even right. when I was coaching little youth football, I mean, that's, that's one thing the parents said. You're strict, but you will get the right. most out of, you know. I like strict, though. That's well, what, I, mean, I think we miss that a lot in athletics. Well, we that's don't it. Have discipline. Well, and that's, you know, in life in general. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not saying you can't have fun. You know, we always would, you know, coaching the little dudes, you know, the and that's what makes me laugh. People are like, oh, you're strict. But you know what? Them little dudes, come if they see me in tournament, they'll come walking across. Hey, Coach Darren. You know? So I'm not that much of a dick. Like, you know, kids want... They want discipline. People, exactly. They want discipline. And they Absolutely want respect. pushed. Yeah. 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 They want people, and not even just kids, people in general yes. want pushed. Especially when you're doing that. Yeah. You know, when you're fighting... Do you want a coach that's going to let you do what you want to do? Or? And, 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 a, and a situation like that, in a sport like that, if you don't get, you know, if you don't teach at them, they're walking in, you're walking into combat with another person. Exactly. It's you and another person. I want to be as prepared as I can. My job is not right. to get hurt. And as a coach, my job is for you to go in there to be the best you possibly can and take as little damage as possible. That's exactly that's what we want. And we're in a small town. We, or, you know, relatively small town. We don't have 30 sparring partners. Yeah. Um, so we have to kind of do a little bit, things a little bit different. And, 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 you know, I think me and Ray have done that. You know, we're a small, relatively small team, but we got some of the best people on the East Coast, if not the country. Gossett. I mean, everybody yeah. up there, they're, everybody's, they're well known. You know, and, and, I mean, we're competing with gyms three, four, well, not size, it's a huge place, but team-wise, right. you know, we're competing with teams that are, you know, in the heart of Pittsburgh, and, and they're constantly, their workout partners on tap. We don't, right. you're, you know. Your boy Ethan's holding, he's holding the belt right now. I mean, well, that's, that's something it. to say. You know, yeah. and, and I mean, Ethan, you know, that's one thing, and hopefully he's not listening because I don't want to give him a bunch of compliments. Yeah, but, we, don't, uh, we don't blow stuff <laughs> too much out. <laughs> But me and disclaimer, Ethan, don't listen. Yeah, yeah, Ethan, <laughs> we're just pause it right now. Uh, go get something to eat. We'll yeah. <laughs> um, go play with your raccoons or whatever the fuck it is you do. Uh, <laughs> we we got to talk about that. Yeah, we got to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, holy shit. Uh, we, I hit it off with Ethan immediately. And we actually met each other years ago. He actually come to, and it's a common joke, he came to Genesis when you probably knew me. Um, or when you first knew me. That's uh, with, when you were with Drenning and Fire yes, and all those guys. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, he had come down to spar kid. Um, one of my one of the kids I kind of helped out. He wasn't my fighter. I just kind of helped him out. He come in on a Friday night. It was me, Ethan, and this other kid. And, and not being a dick, but the other kid wasn't that great. So Ethan strapped up. I'm like, shit, this dude's pretty good. Like, he made a waste of a trip if he's going to spar this kid. <laughs> so I strapped up. I'm like, fuck it. He's going to spar me. Oh, shit. So, um... We sparred, and I was like, damn, kid's pretty good for, you know, I'm like, because I, I sport just about everybody around here at one time or the other, and very few left an impression like, you know, hey, this, right. and Ethan did, and, and That's you know, that was hard to do. Yeah, and I was, fuck, you know, eight, nine, ten years ago, and then when Ray asked me to, to coach Sid, he was like, well, you know, he said, I got Ethan too, and I'm like, yeah, I remember him. I said, he's pretty legit. So I jumped at the chance to coach Ethan. Awesome. And, 
you know, me and Ethan just, I don't know, it, we just have a different, a different relationship. I, I, me and him just are always on the same page. And I love all my gods. I mean, each one kind of, I have a certain characteristics that I love about each one, but just Ethan and me just... We kind of clicked immediately. Ethan has it. I know he's younger than both of us, but he, he I, he's earned my respect time and time again. Like, I was not, never very good at this. I dabbled in because I enjoyed it. He always took the time to be like, hey, slow down, do this, do this. Yeah, he would fix everything on the spot. Very patient with me, yep. kind of worked through everything. But just his personality yeah, makes yeah. him, you know, the champ because he's he's fun-loving. He's He knows when to get serious. Yep. He also knows when to sit back and just kind of enjoy the moment. That's so, right. And he's a good kid. Yes. So. And, and he's... You know, he's kind of, and like you said, he, he's younger than us, but he's almost like that old soul type. Like, yeah. me and him, it, we always joke that the uh, he's not that much older than the other ones, but it seems like he's so much older. He's than, mature. Yeah, yeah he just has a different mentality yeah. to him. But, um, you know, we just, I don't know, just his style and my style are very similar. Um, you know, we just hit it off. And, you know, he just... I knew he had it in him. I knew he did. It was it was some mental tweaks here and there, that that uh you know I gave him some advice that I did and, and what I've told my son sons, um and he listened and you know and then although obviously with with Ray with the ground, you know Ethan's kind of underrated and not underrated because he's obviously a champ right um but he's one of those what I call those new school guys that are just good everywhere. Yeah, I mean, he's just, there's no weakness. He can wrestle. He's underrated athletically. Yes, he is. Um, he can wrestle. He can obviously strike. He's he's really brutal in jiu-jitsu. I mean, he's just a new age, yep. a new age type fighter. And I told I think you and I, we were texting the other day about something, I used the word poise under pressure, and that's what he has. Yeah. He's very good at, even when he gets in bad situations, back against the cage, he knows how to just relax. That's right. Look for his next opening. He just gets patient, and then he explodes. And that, well, that's hard to teach. You know, the other thing, and, and and we, and I gave him a piece of advice, and he's he's always followed it. Um, and I tell all my guys, you know, when, when my son was coming up, you know, and I, I'm sure you're familiar with wrestling, you be at a wrestling tour, you can be at a wrestling tour 12 hours a day. You're sitting in an arena, you're sitting in the gym, you're watching matches. Well, I read a, Jordan Burroughs had a, you know, one of those little blogs, and he said, hey, you know, when I was wrestling, he said, I'd sit in these arenas forever, watch them wrestling. He said, you don't realize the toll that takes on you, not physically, mentally, just your, your nervous system. You're right. sitting there all day watching wrestling and just watching people compete. It wears on you. Yeah. So what I started doing when came Prey turned 14, 15, we go to states or big events. He'd wrestle his shit. We'd get out. Oh, that's a good and idea. get the hell out of the arena. And yeah. I told Ethan, you know, Ethan's... You know, and all the guys. Oh, that like, patient building up. Yeah, exactly. You're you're just sitting and all right. you're doing, and that's how you know when so I second playing your game exactly. plan. Exactly, yeah, and and I'm an that's true. I'm an overthinker. I'm an over, and that's what I did. You know, when I fought, I'd sit there and I watch. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do this. It just wears on you mentally. So you know, I told Ethan a while ago. You know, he's and, and all the guys. They're great teammates. They're, they they want to watch each other fight. You know, when you're an amateur, whatever. You know, it, it's a, you're an amateur for a yep. reason. Yep. You take a win, great. If you take a loss, great. It's, it's all learning. Yep. You know, but when you turn pro, and I just told Sydney, you're a pro now. It's different. You sit in the fucking back of that goddamn arena, and you don't come out. You don't worry about walking out with your teammate. You this is 
This is your show now. Right. You're a pro. No one. I know what a good teammate you are. I see you every day in practice. The the fight shows. You got to be a little selfish. Yep. You sit in the fucking back. about your career. Exactly. Yeah, you sit in the exactly. back. You don't worry about coming out. You don't worry about cheering. They know you're behind. They know you're behind them. You you don't need to be out there blowing energy on you know. And ever since he did that, it just it, it he turned a mental corner. That's yeah. kind of good to bring this up. So I want to get I want to I want to talk about your boys here in a second, but I really want to talk about your mindset. How do you train these fighters? Like so, you talked to you t- touched on it here, like about getting out of the arena. What what are some other things you do to get these guys and girls mentally prepared to walk into you know basically going into battle? I mean, you mean the day of the fight or, or leading up to it? Both. The day of the fight, I'm a big believer in. A, I'm a huge proponent of a big warm up. Um, at the end of my career is when Forrest uh, Griffin came on the scene, and, and I I was a notorious slow starter, always. I always get told, hey, if, you, if you'd start the goddamn fight the way you finish it, you, you, you know, you, you'd be out of it. Yeah. And he had, I forget if it was a blog or an article, but he said, hey, you know, he said, I was always nervous, I was always a slow starter. So he said about getting your second wind in the dressing room. So basically doing a warm-up to the point of exhaustion then stop, and then do your typical warm-up half hour, 45 minutes later. Like, literally blow it out. So you hit that adrenaline dump, you hit everything in the, you know, you hit everything in the dressing room or the warm-up area. Right like this. And that's what, when I did that, my nerves went down, my performance went up, like, and I relayed it on to, I know Sid loves it, Ethan loves it. You know, I got them to embrace that because, you know, what we'll do a typical fight um, you know, what we'll do is, is say Sid's fight number three. We will start that brutal warm up before the the the, the uh, referee talk. So before the show even starts, we will literally run oh, her wow. through. I mean, you know, I will literally make her tired, and I will push her past I that. Like that. And then we stop. Gets her second wind or his second wind. Then, you know, maybe the fight before we'll do the typical loose warm-up. A little jump rope in, yep. spar a little bit. Yeah, maybe touch them up. Right. But, I mean, we literally, people have seen us, uh, that's what Cam was joking, we went down to, uh, oh, the uh, CFFC in Philly. And it was me, Caden, Ray, and, and, and Cam, and I think Ethan was there too. Um, but we literally took over the dressing room for Cam. And, I mean, when I say we literally had a fight in the back dressing room and people are looking like, who the hell are these assholes? That's They're literally situation. fighting. You know, him and Caden were wrestling. Uh, you know, we were, I'm hitting them with the pads. We're literally sparring in the back. And this is before the show even started. But that is, it's, it's a purpose. Now, I can tell you from, from my lane, how I, why I like that so much. For, first off, I'm a slow starter as well. Even lifting weights. It takes me forever to exactly. work on anything I do. Second thing is, neurologically, you're telling your body, hey, you're prepared for battle. You're getting the muscles that you want to work in motion, right? They're starting to work. So now you have that muscle, that mind muscle connection, yeah. and now they're ready to work. I think if, if people don't have that, people think a quick jump rope or whatever. But you're not oh. using, you're not jump roping out there. You're fighting. Well, that's it. Practice fighting before you go out. Get those muscles ready to work. And, and I was, you know, I learned that in, in boxing when I, you know, we had a big team when I was in Pittsburgh, and, and like you said, the coat, you know, the, the coat, we'd have four or five guys on a show. And he come to me like it's the fight before here. Hit, I'd hit the mitts for a minute and a half. I'm like, holy yeah, fuck, dude! Me. I didn't even sweat. Like, I, right. and I'm Your next thing I know, up he's pushing me in the ring. Like, we're ready to fight. I'm like, holy fuck! 
no wonder, you know, in those first couple shots, you're taking a, you know, yeah. shit. Like, holy Body hell. just isn't underneath exactly. you. Your feet aren't there. You know, and then no shit I didn't get going until the yeah. second round. You know, your first round was a throwaway because it was a warm-up round. So I really like that. That's pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah, and there's not many people who do it. We, and I mean, every show we go to, people look at us like, are they fucking No, what nuts? if you have, not you have that here, I'm not sure if you've ever experienced this. What if you have a fighter that is just the opposite? Burns out, like, comes out hot and heavy out of the gate, but he knows, you know he's going to, if he goes at round two or three, he's going to burn out. So what do you do with him? I coach Eli Gorshnik, who Eli was uh, just a freak of nature. He was one of those that was that would literally hit the pads and the the, the fight before he was up for a minute. And I mean, he I, I we go through a comedy. He's I'm I'm done. No, Eli, you're not done. No, I'm right. done. And son of a bitch, he'd be on. So yeah, he's he's a freak of nature. So you just got to kind of treat each other how they how they feel really. Yeah, each I mean, body, feel yeah, and and I always tell them, hey, you know, I want you to that threshold, but you tell me where that threshold's at. I know Sid, I know yeah. Ethan, no I clue. know Cam, I know where they're at. Yeah. But anybody newer or anybody has a fought as frequent with me, I need I let them kind of, and not, you know, I want them to be a pussy, but I know when someone's like, okay, they hit their second win. I know when that is. Um, you can visibly see their faces. Yeah, exactly. Eye, eye, and I mean, eye. they're breaking a full sweat backstage. Yeah. So their mouth yeah. is still closed, breathing, their nose not sweating. You know, you're not ready. Exactly. And, and, going. You know, if you talk to Caden, I think that's the. And he always was, you know, uber talented, but he really hit another threshold when he finally listened to Dad yeah. in high school and made him. You know, he was. He basically did what I do with the fighters. He'd be down there warming up, and people were looking. I'm like, dude, you got to wrestle three times today. I'm fine. Let's talk about your kids. So you have two boys, both yes. both pretty stud wrestlers. Yeah, from Bedford. Correct. All right. Correct. So where are they at right now? What's W? Right. We have our George Mason right now. Yeah. Caden's at Division yeah. One. George Mason. Um, they're a Mac school. Um, he flirted. He had. Uh, so he wrestled last year. This is his freshman year. He actually wrestled with a torn labrum the whole year. Surely. Yeah. Um, but still wow. had an awesome record. Won a bunch of. You know, won a few tournaments and was actually nationally ranked at the end of the season with a torn shoulder. Damn. I mean, he came within a hair of making the national NCAs. And I told him, I said, if you were going to do it, that's the year to do it because there's no pressure. Like, you have a torn labrum, dude. Just if you make NCAs, you have no pressure. Just go wrestle. But he just kind of gave out at the end just too much wear and tear. So he had surgery and, well, a week after the season ended. How's he doing? He is back. He just got released a week ago. He was actually up here sparring the other day. Good. So, uh, going to move up a weight class and hopefully, you know, he can get back to back. Right? Oh, he has three. Oh, yeah. this is three three plus a Okay. Yeah, so, three plus a regular. Now, after this, um, are you kind of, if they say they went into the MMA, they want to get into the kickboxing, you all for it? Yeah, I mean, Caden's kind of weird because I, growing up, I, he, was, he was never what I would call he was never a tough wrestler. He was always a slick, technical wrestler. Smart. I always tell people right. he wasn't a beat on you. There's guys that'll beat the shit out of you. Maybe not the most technical, they'll just beat the shit out of you. Right. And then there's the slick tech. He was always slick and technical. Just methodical. Yeah, and like, if you would have told me of the two boys, I would have said, nah, Kane's not MMA crosses. But he took to it and he hits hard. Good. Like, I don't know where the hell. I mean, I have not done. That's what, when he was getting matched for those couple of fights, they're like, oh, yeah, that's Darren's kid. He's going to be. I'm like, dude, I haven't done that much with him. You know, I'm, you know, I always wanted him to exhaust 
everything he could in, in wrestling before we started, you know, delving into other things. You know, I, I, I think, you know, why, you know, why spread yourself? I, I mean, I like a change, but let's not, you know, let's concentrate on wrestling. Yeah, no yeah. reason to really take boxing serious. So I didn't do a whole lot with him. Now, he was around fight shows. He was around fighters. You know, when I first started training Sid, that was, that was her main wrestling partner for the first you know, year or two, right? He would work with her in wrestling, and they were around the same weight. So he would do that type of stuff for him. But striking, he never really did it. But holy it's shit, I help. Yeah, I help. <laughs> and I think it's that wrestler's hands, just the, the constant hand fighting. It just, he hits hard. And your other boy is? An idiot. So, <laughs> no, Cross is a, Cross, he's a super talented kid. He's a little bit of work ethic, but um, really slick. I mean, a natural box. I mean, just he boxed at eight years old. I put him in a fight no with two months training, two months training, dropped the kid. And you don't see kids dropping Not eight years old. with headgear and 12 ounce gloves, but just a natural footwork, natural, just slick, fast as shit. Wow. Um, just not the hardest worker in the world. Are both your boys, your size, bigger guys? No, they're both Cadence. So they were like you in high school. Well, yeah, exactly. They were, like they, they were me yeah. pre-steroid yeah. is what it was. Yeah. I mean, that's that's. I'm just being honest. That um, that's how it works. Yeah, I, I, and that's my, you know, I always joke with the guys, that if MMA will come around now, my natural body weight in MMA would have to be 55. I'm not that, you know, you see right. how big these dudes are. Yep. I mean, Ethan walks around at 70. Fights forty five. I mean, you, yeah. I mean, it just you know every. I mean, you know it. You have certain weight classes that you yep. need to be. Yep. I know from wrestling. I know from boxing. You you, have, you know you take everything into into consideration. I'd have to be at fifty five or seventy. There's there's some big dudes. Yeah, some big boys in there. Yeah, I mean, Ooh. who the or Kane was just telling me. Um, oh, I can't remember his name. The 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 dude who just knocked out Strickland. The last big UFC card a few weeks ago, um, um, Brazilian kid with a left hook. Um, Anyhow, yes. would they fight at 85? 85. And that dude jumped on a scale at 230. Yes. It's wow. only been three weeks since he fought. Speaking of which, did you watch the fights last night? No. I so didn't. Dominic Cruz, we're talking about footwork. Oh, Dominic Cruz, best in the business, right? Dominic Cruz probably is the best footwork. He's a uh, welterweight. So very good footwork has always been. He's very elusive. Like when he comes out, he just he's always moving. He's all this energy, right? Always moving in and out. Dominated this fight yesterday, and then this kid picked up on it. His name was Vegas. Vegas picked that every time he would throw this one punch, he would dip, and he bought. He he saw it. He dipped. He got kicked right in the nose. You just saw his nose shatter. Out cold third round. You he beat. He had that fight won hands down. Dude, that's what's laid out. That MMA has to be the most brutal, Trump. most just. It is just nothing like it. I mean, they're just like you said. You can be winning a fight. Like submission, need, yep. kick, punch, elbow. Like there's so Everybody many has ways to lose. It's one, one wrong, one wrong move. Yeah, and it, I think that's, that's what it's game over. And there's like 80 different ways you can lose. Yeah. Like you could be kicking someone's ass in a fight, take a shot, leave your neck out there, get guillotined, and it's over. Yeah. I mean, boxing's. I, I love boxing because that's what I started with. But uh, no, it, it just it don't even compare. You know, uh, yeah, there's that flash knockout, but if yep. you're a good boxer, your chances of getting really flashed, it, it's it's slim. Yep. MMA, just uh, like you just said, knees, kicks. Uh, there's so many so ways. Many you can lose. 
you know, and it's boxing. You just kind of watch that tee, see where their shoulders at, read yeah. on it. You know what I mean? I'm just looking at two hands. Exactly. You know, maybe see where their footwork at, but. Now you're looking at two hands, two knees. Is he going to do a takedown? Yeah, is he not going to takedown? What's he going to do next? You look, and that's you know that's what so I teach dynamic. the guys. You're always looking at the middle of the. I, I tell them to focus right below the right below the tips. Yeah. You know you're looking at the middle so you can pick up the hands. So you can pick up. Look at the teeth. Yep. Yep. So you can pick every. You can pick up all their. You know the middle of the body doesn't move. Right. So you know that's that's where you're going to pick up all your. You know anybody who slips anything. I, my first character punch him in the throat. That's not going to move. Whether they slip, this don't move. Punch them right at the throat. It's always going to be there. Yeah. So you always look at the middle of the body. That's how you pick up the kicks, the knees, all that bullshit. That's um, it's so good to hear like how you train people and like the things I've heard over the years because you never know if it's bullshit or not. And then you hear it coming from you, you're like, oh, okay, that does make sense now. Yeah. But I remember like so back in the day, I did like so I did taekwondo. Mm -hmm. Everybody did back in you know the early nineties. Everybody did. Taekwondo, you thought it was the coolest thing, and then in 1993, all of a sudden, they had this thing called the Ultimate Fighting Championship come out and uh, changed the game. Uh, every every Taekwondo and Taekwondo school just went, oh, oh shit. shit. Yeah. Like, we're about to lose a serious business because we've been selling this bullshit of, oh man, this is how you, self, you do self defense, and then these guys come out and just put on a clinic and oh, people yeah. And then, you know, Gracie comes out, dominates everybody for how many years? Three or four years, and the whole dynamic of um, the fight game changed at this point. Oh, yeah. It was martial arts back then, traditional martial arts, and Tang Sudo, and everybody thought that was the coolest thing. Very few people in this area were in boxing. You had a few. Yeah. But everybody thought the karate was it. great. And oh, yeah. Then they realized. And it's, that, well, it's uh, that Bruce Lee vibe. Yeah. You know, everybody, oh, Bruce Lee, the, you know. Uh, actually, my next-door neighbor growing up, growing up was like a nationally ranked uh, Shotokan. And, you know, in the day before, in this pre-UFC, people were petrified. Yeah. You know, they saw Bruce Lee doing his thing and they're like, oh shit, you know, he'll kick, you know, he'll. Now I look back, I'm like, oh my God, like a wrestler would have eaten him alive. You know, you know, I mean, yeah. he would. they would have caught the kick, put him on his back, and beat him into a ball. I mean, it's just. And I think UFC helped bring recognition to wrestling. You know, you're Absolutely. seeing the uptick now um, in wrestling because of UFC. I mean, you look at the champions, and, and I'm a striker first, and I'll be the first to admit. You know, if a ground game or trouble. Yeah, if, if, if a wrestler wants you down, it's not if, it's most right. likely when. Well, I think there's a lot. I think the dynamic of MMA is you've got to be well, like you said, with Goss. Yep. You've got to be well around everything. I mean, you had Charlie Brennan go out there. Charlie did very good, but he was a wrestler. He was he had, take down and, right. and lay in press. And his, his stand-up was kind of suspect, and uh, next thing you know, yeah, that kind of cost him a little bit. I mean, he was good. Don't get me wrong. He, oh, yeah. I mean, anybody who makes UFC awesome, is good. I mean, and his takedowns were, I mean, I trained with him. We coached. I was a fast. Me and, me and Eric Grove were one of his first coaches. Oh, were you? Yeah. P.A. Grappling. I used to coach at P.A. Grappling yeah, yeah. when I first okay. started. That was at the end of my. We were the Frick Brothers, too. Did you know the Frick Brothers? Yeah. I, 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 we did a little bit with them. Um, I actually coached uh, Eric's first fight. I was in his corner the first okay. fight. Eric was a badass. Yeah. I, I always said that. Uh, he was one of those. There's that, a couple of names there that, that that's another people in this sport. But you hear the Frick brothers, you're like, oh, yeah. you're pretty good. Eric. Eric, um, yeah. What's what the other brother's name? Nick. Nick. Um, actually, we went out to Ohio. And there's certain people that just have that switch. And, and, and holy shit. He, now I tell everybody, he, he was a bad dude. Yeah. Um, he just had that switch where he wanted to hurt. I mean, there's people who... I'm more of a technician. I like to just pick you apart. And then there's people who want to hurt you. He was one of those who just want to hurt you. 
and, and, and that not you know not right. in a clean way. I'm not saying yeah, he did anything yeah. dirty, but, but I mean he, that vibes of action is what yeah, you want to be a fighter. He, he was he could have. I thought he could have done something. I don't know why he didn't. I, I don't. Life happens. Yeah, it's, exactly. Life happens. It's right. interesting to me when you're talking about like the progression. You know, after interviewing Ethan and Sid and talking to Ray, you know, I've been I've been rewatching like the Ultimate Fighter from the beginning. You know, like from the very first season, and it's interesting to see how much of a change. That in, a, in just itself, like that season to season, yeah. how much of a change things went. Like that first season, you know, the first even the first couple seasons was was rather interesting. When you're looking around at the people that are in it, and you're like, okay, well, those guys, some of those guys are huge, and then they're getting taken down in submissions by these little tiny guys, and they're just like, you can see it in their face where they're like, holy shit, what just happened? Well, yeah, I call that you know. I call that the first generation MMA. You probably remember when Lionel had his shows. That's what I call the first generation, especially locally, MMA, where it was, there weren't as, I don't give a shit what anybody said, they weren't as well-rounded as they are now, no. period. The it, evolution it, of this sport is amazing. It, it's, it, I mean, well, you, you have kids now, do, you know, training. Right. You know, At a young age. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, this shit was unheard when we were a kid. Well, was that's it. You know, it, and it was too late. You know, I, you know, I retired, I think it was 07 or 08. And I was just done. Yeah. I was just, and, and then you know what? Got, we just talked about. It, got legalized around ten. Yeah. Kind of flirted with it, and I thought, oh, "Fuck it." It came to like ninety three, but in this area, it didn't really catch on until, like, like you said, oh, it, it was, was well into the. It was. I mean, because I used to have to drive, you know, for sparring partners. Me and Kirk would drive to Pittsburgh. Yeah. At the time, I was working. Um, I was a traveling uh, project manager for construction. So if I was in Jersey or Philly, like I. I, I Call local gyms. Hey, I'm going to be in town. This, that, and the other. Let me come in and train. And, and like that's how I got right. Good is used by, you know. And I always like to, I would tell the guys I like to mimic many fights. So I like to go into other gyms, spar because it's like a, a fight. Yeah. You're in their gym. You were somebody else you know, never sparred with before. Exactly. Yeah. And you know you got the anxiety. So it's good yeah. to get. I don't like. You know, there's people, and I thought that was the. I thought that was a problem with Altoona back in the day. Is like everybody just stuck to their own little gym. Yep. Well, you know, if you're the best one in your gym, or you're one of the best, or I spar you every day, what what am I gaining? You know, you know me, I know you. The comfort levels there. I mean, do you think that's because people were afraid to leave this area because they realized, man, if I go out of here, I might look bad? I don't think so. I it think just it's laziness. It's I, just, laziness. I just don't. I, I think the people, you know, because even even in wrestling, like when I told people where I take my boys to practice like oh my god you drive an hour and a half that's what it takes dude yeah you know I don't want to train with people I want to get them around people outside the area I want to and I tell my guy I'm not one of those coaches that you cannot go here fuck that right. I'm telling them, go to Matt Factory go to you know Academy go yeah. you know I drove them the one time we drove the Academy yeah. we've driven the I drove them you know you have to see other people yep I always have say to see other styles. The, the, you always people say that hey man, my kid's so good. And in this area, we call Mountuna good. Or you might be Hollidaysburg good. Yep. How good are you? Let's get out of this area. Let's see how good they really yeah, are. How are because, you right? Let, let's being Altoona good is one thing, and good for you. I, I give you a lot of kudos. You probably put the hard work in, but your competition is just that. It's Altoona yep. competition. Get out of these bigger cities into these where the the talent really is. Go to your Whippias. Good oh, luck yeah. to you. Yeah, because you're going to really find out oh, it's a whole different ballgame. But it's going to make you yeah. so much better. You're exactly. going right. to catch, you know, if you, if you guys you are the lose, same person every single day, oh, that's and it. you work out with the same person every single day, you yeah. know what they're going to throw. Yep. That's you, it. you can expect 
those things. Yeah. You go to somebody else, and all of a sudden now you're lost. Well, yeah, that and, and you know, look, if I if I spar Scott every day, you know, we become friends, and, and you know, if he's having a bad day, I'm not going to light him up. I'm, you know. Whereas you go into another gym, fuck you if you're having a bad day. Yeah, that's like, right. Like, they're in there. I mean, I think Ethan would even tell you that right before that, I forget what fight it was. He had, oh, Sudo. Right before the Sudo fight, we drove to the academy, and I shit you not, it was me, him, Sheldon, little Jordan, Caden. We got stuck in the tunnel. It was a two and a half, three hour trip. We pull in, they're already starting practice. I shit you not, as soon as we geared up, they literally grabbed Ethan, didn't even let him warm up, threw him in Wakama, who's a UFC fighter, and his brother, and yep. De Jesus, who's a Bella. I mean, he's back, I'm like, holy shit. Didn't even give him time to warm up. They're like, yeah, you're going, holy I mean, just shit. thrown to the wolves right out of the gate. But that's gotta make you so much better. Well, so that's what I think. You know, like, and that's, I like that style of training, no matter what you're training for. Because you're never going to be able to be as prepared as you are. If you can handle that, you're well, going to be able to be prepared for just about anything. You know, do you want your nerves to realize when, when you're walking into the cage in Pittsburgh in front of a thousand fans, or do you want to, or do you want to go to a gym to spar in front of twenty dudes? Fuck that! I'll go to a. You know, back in the you probably remember the term smoker. Yeah. Back in the day, you know, we have smokers. Now they've since kind of you don't see them a lot anymore. But basically, what it was is a gym would have. You know, when my day was a ring, you know, you go in and there'd be a handful of gyms. You go to Ohio and you'd have little mini fights. They were called smokers. Didn't show up on a record, but they were basically fights. You know, just and that's a good way to gain experience yep. and, and calm the nerves. And you don't see that a lot, so now you just have to. They have open spar now, so a lot of you know Sid drives used to drive to Pittsburgh. Cam does, Ethan does. That's and I promote that. I, I think. You get around right. other people. Yeah. You know, they yeah, have that comfort zone and spar. Exactly. Without yeah. having to worry about a record or an audience. That's just right. you and the other person. And let's see what you got. Well, and that, you know, I think that's, you know, that's when you know if it's for you or not. Right. You can walk into a gym or you, you know, and I can't say it's you have to love to spar. Yep. And I mean, as old as I am, I still love to spar. I mean, they, they always joke with me. I'm still sparring to the day. I just, I love to fucking spar. Uh, you know, I love to try, and if Ethan got the better of me or Sheldon got, I want to get him back the next time, or, yeah. or I'm working on something different, and I make them work on something different. Which know? makes you the damn, as good as coaches you are, because you have that passion, you're willing to do that. And plus, you're going to be able to see the things that they're exactly. missing that's with other people and throw those exactly. things at them to get them ready. So that's, that's, that's exponentially better yeah. for their training. If you can't, you're exactly right. And, and I'm not, and I don't want to divulge too many trade secrets, but um, I don't hold pads a lot. I, I'm not a believer. You know, pads, to kind of crisp everybody up, I'll do that. But we do drills because at the end of the day, like you know, at the end of the day, it's functionality. Basics. It, exactly. Basics. basics. And, and, you know, pads, I, yeah, you see dudes on YouTube all the time, they'll do these 15-punch combinations, and they look slick. Do you ever see that shit in a fight? Because I haven't. Correct, right. You know, you're going to make four of those hits. And I mean, you're either going to be dumped on, you're either going to get dumped on, or need, yep. like you said, or yep. kicked. And the unexpected's it's coming. It. You and see all this real fancy, like, slipping and diving, yeah. everybody doing this. With it's pass. choreographed. That's cool, but that's Dancing. not going to happen in a fight. Yep. Right. It, it, it's choreographed. It's, it's just yeah. a dance. Because I've known people do it. They PR. train... On, they train pad combinations to put on YouTube or whatever. It's fi There's nothing functional about it. Right. And, and that's what, you know, I've had people come, are you going to hold pads for? Fuck you, no I'm not. You're going to drill first. Yep. And I'm going to see what you can do drilling. Yep. 
Yeah, because if you can't drill, you're not going to fight. And there's been some good pros. Uh, you know, we've had kids come in here from other gyms. They can't make it out of our drilling session. Like, we drill hard, and it doesn't stop. There was a kid that come from uh, the new, oh, the, the, the new one at, at State College, uh, uh, the top team. Oh, yeah, yeah. The top team. Yeah, yeah. Come down, Ethan Newham, he come down. He lasts uh, probably about half of our drilling thing. He said, dude, I need a break. He said this, he said, we don't do this shit. Like, we just drill. Because at the end of the day, pads don't hit you back. Right? There's no functionality to it. Yeah, it crisps you up. We, you know, I'll work with Ethan or Sid or, or Cam on pads just crisping them up. But generally, that's not how you get better. No, we still don't. There's nothing to worry about. You're just sitting, like you said, yeah. like you said choreographing a move with, there's no defense. There's no, like, nope. having to think about what's coming next, reading a body. That's simply. It. Well, that's, reading, and that's exactly it. So, if I'm telling you, you know, it's a two-piece to a low kick, I'm your partner, you're doing it on me. Right. I'm not just being a, I'm not just being a stick for you to hit. Well, I'm literally looking, yeah, I'm looking at your body language. That's how I tell them all the time. Yeah, you're doing a one-two low kick. I'm not just standing there. I'm looking, okay, so what do you, what are you doing? Do you, you know, do you lead first with, you know, do you come with your lead? Like, that shit you should be watching. Mm -hmm. And I'm learning defense while he's doing his offense. So it's a two-person drill. And that's why my defense has got so good over the years and why all our guys' defense, because we do drills. You're not, I'm just not, we're not turtling to let you, I'm literally picking the punch and making them pick punches apart. You know what the fun thing to do is you hold it to somebody, you tell them, all right, whatever, you know, one, two, duck, whatever, and just throw the one, two, and don't throw out the swing and watch them duck. And you're like, why are you ducking? I didn't that's throw anything. Exactly. Like you're it's doing something because I told you to do it without it. any thought process of, yep. why am I ducking? That's it. So read me. So that's why the mid work becomes, like you said, it's good to crisp you up, get the, get the hands in, but short of that. There's no functionality to it. It's, you know, you wouldn't believe the people. Train like you fight. Yeah, you exactly. train like you fight. I mean, that's military 101. We've been told that for years. Like, I'm not going to do shit that's a waste of my energy. I'm going to do shit that's going to enhance my abilities. Well, it's muscle memory. I mean, you know that from training. You know, if your muscles are conditioned, and, you know, you'll reach that stage where it's almost, even, even at my stage, you know, uh, my reflection on what they were back in the day, it's still, I can anticipate your punch or your kick just because I've seen it right. so much and I know body movement and I know if you step left, you're probably going to throw a low kick. You know, shit like that that you pick up from the drills is what these, what I teach them to take because it's, it's as, what's more mental than it is right. physical. It's reactionary. You can, yeah. You can pick up on it. And that's so, why it's got to be great to be training with different people because you're not used to seeing the that's same, right. the same right. cues. Some dudes don't step. You know, some yeah. dudes don't step. Or you get somebody new that is completely new under their feet yep. and you're not, you have no idea what's coming. That's right. But, you know, that the drilling sequences and the drilling stuff you pick up, you should be able to understand, okay, you know, and, and Ethan's one who's, who's really good at it. You know, that first round you're kind of reading, you're, you're holding, you know, Fighting's about distance. At the end of the day, if you can't control distance, you can't control a fight. So, you know, that first minute or two, and I tell all the guys, Sid, Cam, control the distance. Just like when Caden fought his first fight, I didn't give him a lot of, uh, you know, because I think the more the other mistake coaches make is you see these coaches backstage, and I still see it to the day, they're in their fighter's face the whole fucking time. Like, okay, watch this. You know, you see like a ranch in the shit. Exactly. I'll tell you where you see it worse is wrestling bats. I coach oh, dual okay. teams, and son of a bitch, I got this little 
eight-year-old 40-pounder, and his dad won't get the fuck out of his ear. Right. That kid has a... You just made your kid lose that match right. because what's going to happen? Now he's in, now you're in his Exactly. Head. Now he's looking for a cradle. So instead of him doing his thing, he's more worried about what the other kid's going to do. Fuck that. Yep. You tell your guy two things, maybe. One voice. Yep. The coach. One voice and maybe two things. Yeah. Hey, push left. You know, he has a good right hand. Or, or you know, hey, when he opens his hip, jam. That's it. Right. These people, you know, and you see it in fight shows, the coach is constantly in their shit, you know, hey, oh, you got, remember, you got to do that. You, you, remember, you got to, fuck that. If you watch us backstage, like, Ray is famous, we'll just, we'll get our own room. Yeah. We're back there joking. Like, I don't talk any fight shit until right before they're about to step in. Keeps our anxiety down. Exactly. Down. What's really nice, when I said about that one voice, one thing I know about you and Ray, you guys... When you're courting somebody, they're out there. You see something, you're loud, everybody can hear you. Yeah. But you don't have Ray saying something, you're saying something. You know, nope. both, you yeah, have one left voice left out there. Right, yep. left, right. So if I'm out there trying to fight, I already got this guy in front of me, punch me in the face, and I got two people yelling yep. behind me. What the fuck do you want me to do? I only can do a couple That's things it. at a time. That's exactly I mean, right. one person tell me what the hell you do. What, what do you see? Tell me what you see. Let me understand it. But hey, and that's what, you hear all these people screaming. Dads are out here, ah, nah, kick him in the face. No yeah. shit, I'm trying. Yeah, like, I'm trying. That's my goal right now. It's just not working. You did it to death of competition. Pick it up. Okay, thanks. I realize I'm going to pick this shit up or kick him in the face. I just can't do it right now. Yeah, we get that. That's the idea of the fight. Thanks, buddy. I got you. That's always, I'm always that when I hear the audience. Punch him in the face. You're like, really, dude? We didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Fuck that's what I was missing my entire fighting camp. Yeah, I'm waiting for someone to turn. I'm waiting for one of the fights. Really? Yeah. Punch him in the face. I didn't know that. Thank you be my coach. Obviously, yeah. I didn't know that. It's fucking funny. So. But that's, you know, I know you're joking saying it, but there, there's coaches that, that you know, we'll, I'll re-listen to fight you. And some of the shit they're saying, like, really, dude? Yeah. That That's your advice? You know, he's getting hit. Hey, cover. No shit. He didn't volunteer to get hit me, dude. Yeah. Like, tell him something. Like, right. tell him slide left. Tell him jam. Right. Like, tell him something. But Act it like, do something. Exactly. Give him something proactive for him to go after that. He can see if the position well, something he's intelligent, in. not just yeah. get up. I mean, the one fucking get, get up. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. Thanks. You hear that wrestling call? Get up. Well, no shit. Yeah, Kid's that's... trying to get up. Like, give him something. Functional how to get up, not just get up. That's I'm I'm weird. Like I even, even football games do the same thing. You do a football game, or whatever. You're here, tackle him, get him, hit him. Really trying, dude. Yeah. You don't gotta tell him that. I really think he has that down. Hit him. That that's the famous you football dad. Hit him. Well, no shit. It's no shit. How about telling him how to pursue or something intelligent? Give him something good. Yeah. So um, going back into like a little bit of the fitness part of it. So your fighters, um, how do you train them conditionally? I know. Outside of like the ring, outside of the pad, and outside of the cage, like, do you have them do a strength training? I know we get to do condition like Mad Men back here. So, and I don't want to give again. We're not giving any no. tall tale. Well, actually, but. this is where I kind of tap out at because my thing, and, and, and it's the same thing when I coach wrestling. Like my job is not to make you condition that Ray handles that, or you handle that. You're an adult. You handle that on yeah. your own. You're here to learn. I'm not here to get you into shape. That's not my. I, I'm. That's just not my thing. Yeah. My view is you either come in shape or you get yourself in shape. Yeah. I'm I not. That. I. Are you against that lifting weights? Let's put it that. Oh way. fuck no. Okay. I think you need to. I think that's crazy not to. Well, you remember back the like the Muhammad Ali era. Muhammad Ali was yeah. big into don't touch weights. It slows you down. Makes you slower. Da da da. I think Holyfield. Holyfield was the same one. Of the first one. Yeah, until then. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then all of a sudden it became mainstream. Yeah. Holyfield was one of the first ones. That's, that's who came up with it. Mm -hmm. Said that he was one of the first ones to, to, in, to incorporate weightlifting. Uh, and he was, you know, and he look at him. Look at him. Yeah, I mean, he was. I think where that came from was back in the day. You know, they thought that you know the bigger muscle you got, and they're right. The, the bigger the muscle you have, the more oxygen it takes, and it kind Correct. of kind of wears you out a little bit. But they didn't realize that there's a different way of conditioning that muscle, where you still have that muscle endurance, where you still have the conditioning, but also just makes your joint stronger and you hit a little bit harder yep. without having to go maximal load. So it's also a larger area, surface area to aim for and hit. More, well, more, I think more space, the fact more, that more matter, period. Everybody automatically had this, well, if I lift weights, I get bulky. And so everybody was thinking, oh, I lift what weights? I'm trying to be 150 pounds. I don't want to be 190 pounds. They don't realize that you can say 150 pounds and still have a pretty solid muscle tone to you. And that protects your joints, makes them a bit stronger. And, oh, I, have to, I mean, more efficient. You, you know, that that's my one regret in wrestling. Um, I wish I kind of would have started Caden a little earlier into lifting. Um, you know, we did the pull-up thing as a kid. We did, you know, sit-ups. I kind of wish I would have got him started on the weights a little earlier than what he did. Yeah. Because um, he definitely hit a different level when he started embracing the weight part of it. Weight process. You know, and, you know, certain kids, and not across, you can't get him out of it. In terms of lifting, that's his. He loves to lift. I just put a post yesterday about this, about falling in love with the process of training. Whether you're being... Yeah, open that door. It's hot as hell in here. Um... Whether it be football, wrestling, jiu-jitsu, I think eventually that career is going to end, unfortunately. Yeah. Your football career comes to an end, you're wrestling. What do you do afterwards? And I always said this is where I think the process of training comes in. Eventually, you want to get this. You want to, For the next 40, 50 years, you want to stay in the best shape as you can. I think people that lift weights and the athletes that lift weights and come into a gym, after that experience of the sport is over, they have something to fall back on yeah. because that process is what they fell in love with. Did you ever talk to some of them? I know when I – more and more our age than because it's now – fully embraced. But if you talk to people our age, how many say, oh my God, I wish I would have taken the weightlifting more seriously. Yes. You know what I mean? And me yep. included. Yep. I was always petrified. I'm I didn't do it until yeah. I was 32. Well, that's it. The first you time know. I touched the weight. In my view, and as stupid as it was when I first got started, I'd lift and then a month before the fight stopped. Yeah. Oh my God. That's, looking back, that's probably the stupidest thing I ever did. Because you lose, I mean, you lose your natural test production. I mean, yep. you're not doing that. Your body kind of shuts down, or it maintains that test production. Right. You know what I mean? Right. If I would have been lifting with my legs, if I would, you know, I would have kept that test level a little the higher. Growth hormone goes a bit yep. higher, and that's what. Twenty years ago, though, it was just it was new. It was nuanced back then. A lot of people yep. didn't lift weights. It wasn't a big. Everybody back then thought, "Hey, just play your sport. Do your respective yep. sport. Don't worry about it." And then you're finding out through research now that eh, there's a better way of doing this. Well, so, yeah, I, I look. I love watching yours and Jeremy's video. I love. I love that off the wall stuff you got I love that shit just different throwing I that random shit. stuff yeah, yeah I love that you know Jeremy had Sid throwing like yeah. throwing a ball and then Joe, I, I love shit like that because you have to train your body for those not everything's gonna be nice easy lift right. it, you know you see these kids um, whether they're playing football or whatever they're on a nice even but that's not how shit works I'm a big dumbbell guy because yep. you have to stabilize. It's funny you said, I think you comment on this one. One of my favorite exercises I do, especially I get these big, strong athletes come in and they tell me all about their big three. I'm like, all right, hit the 35-pound kettlebell. We're doing something called a Turkish get-up. And you're going to do five aside. Oh, yeah. And you watch this guy go, oh, I can do that. And you show it to him. They're like, this is easy. And then they do it. And they're like, two in. They're like, I can't do it anymore. And you're like, all right. It's cool. Now we're learning. It's right? cool. Now I mean, we're finding in differences. This yep. is, so that your big three heavy lifts, great. You're great at them. But what you do suck at is core, mobility, yep. you know, you don't have the balance behind you. I can, with that one exercise, 
can expose so much within an athlete. Oh yeah, that's it, but it's so functional. I mean that Very there's functional. nothing more functional than that. And that, I like that unilateral stuff because yes. you're never under a, a even load. Yep. Especially in MMA, you got to find that imbalance exactly. really exactly. That's why I agree, hundred percent. So outside of um, fighting, Darren, let's talk a little bit about what do you do on the side. So what do you do for fun outside of outside of fighting and coaching? What flip do you do? houses. Is that what you do? You flip <laughs> yeah. houses? Yeah. Yeah, I know that. We've, How many had, uh, tw we've done it 23 times. Holy shit. We live in them. We're different. We, we live in them while we're fixing them up and then sell them. So, yeah, we're constantly living in a, a, a state of dark. So the pool, the pool you're putting in now, is this going to be a house you stay in or are you going to sell this one? Oh, I say it every time. It can't <laughs> be. I, I think every fighter has helped me move <laughs> one time or another. Um, I, I, and I doubt it. I mean, the end game with us is, I mean, we, we basically have no mortgage at this point. So the end game would be to fix one up and then um, buy a house. Yeah. I mean, we're close now, but buy a good house outright and be done. Good. You know, just have no no mortgage, maybe move south. I don't know. That's yeah, something. Get out of this area. Yeah, I'm tired of cold. I can't stand, I can't stand cold. But who knows? I mean, I'm you know. the cold. That whole cold comes out, everything hurts. Heart just kicks it. in. I'm like, I'm good. I don't want this anymore. I can't. I can't. I can, you know, I don't want to hear anybody shit about heat. I was building that pool last week in 90 some degree heat. I love it. I'd rather have heat than cold. So this is where me and Josh fight each other because I'll be out in that sun sweating and loving it. Yep. You give me a 40 degree day, I have a sweatshirt on, I'm under a blanket going, fuck this sucks. I hate No, man. I hate cold. Oh, cold it sucks. Hate it. You like cold? I do. Oh. I, I, I like. I don't not I don't like cold, but I just I dislike the heat. I melt. I'm too heavy. Uh, I mean at three hundred pounds I just I stay still just dripping, yeah. No, look three hundred doesn't. It looks good. Holy shit. Did you hear his story come down from four eighteen? He was four forty. Four forty. What? Four forty. Yeah. yeah. He was a big boy. Came down quite hard. What's did your we're done? What's that? Did did he um, hear? I did the he last on his own. Yeah, mo most of them most of them on my own. I lost the last Probably twenty five pounds here. Before that, it was so. Just how did you do it? Diet or diet walking? What did you do? Walked on the treadmill for at least an hour and a half every day. Really? At Planet Fitness. Yeah. Now, see, I heard, and, and you will probably know better than I do. I've heard that's a better what's that called anaerobic. Like, so if you run, how, how was it explained to me? Something about like you're better doing a slower pace for burning fat. Because I guess your body taps into yeah, carb rate. stores and yeah, shit yeah. like that first. Right. Whereas if you do an even pace where you can still breathe, it's an anaerobic yeah. rather than aerobic. Right. 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 So if if you get if you actually look at weight loss, the best way to do it is strength training. Believe it or not. Because so, it more muscle burns. Yeah. yeah. So it's it, there's an effect. So as I'm burning, so you're breaking down muscle fibers. I'm lifting weights. My muscle fiber breaks down. It takes time to repair that. So during that workout session, you burn calories, but for the next 24 to 72 hours, depending on how hard the workout was, you're also burning calories to repair muscle. Correct. So now your body's in this thermogenic state where it's, it's burning calories to repair. And this yeah. is why strength training is, like cardio, you do cardio or anaerobic, aerobic exercise. After that's done, you're pretty much done burning calories, other than your, like, your base metabolic rate you know, for living. But when you work out and you actually strength train, the effect is a lot longer. So that's why people lose a lot more weight. And you're also, you don't look like a bag of soup, as Andrew would say. Yeah, you start yeah. getting, like, people that lose a lot of weight through cardio, they get kind of yeah, that yeah, skinny fat. That extra, you know I mean? yes, yes. With the muscle, you're filling in some space. That's yes. like, it's not the correct term, but basically you're you're replacing fat with muscle. You're not really yeah. replacing it. That's kind of a bad term, but essentially you're basically taking the fat off. I'm putting muscle in there, and that skin doesn't really look so bad. Yeah. Anymore. So that makes aesthetically sense. it looks better. But I did so, it a lot with just, just diet and eating the right things. I mean, I was, I was eating a lot of fast food. 
I mean, I work at Mc, I work for McDonald's Corporation, so are you serious? Yes, I mean, I'm, I'm around I'm around food that is not necessarily the healthiest healthiest of choices. So I make. I mean, I was making bad choices at work, eating bad stuff. Then, dude, eating. how would you like to die around all yeah. hamburgers and shit all day? Dude, it, it, I'd be, I'd be four hundred eighteen too. I would yeah. definitely be that yeah. big if I if I worked there. I love that food. I hate to say that, but I, but I mean, it, it, it was just a mindset change for me. I mean, um, I, I was driving home from State College every day to from home from work because I was running a restaurant down there, and I was coming home. My pap was in in the VA home, and I was you know I'd stop and grab food, then go sit with him until he fell asleep, and that'd be like nine thirty. I'm also a college student online at night, too, and I do that. I do <clears throat> working on my degree now for business management, and oh, like I would, I would sit there and I, you know, I'd eat on my way there, and then just sit, you know, and you just, I just was always sitting. I never really did anything. I drove an hour and a half every day, you know, and just, just constantly sat. So then, Planet Fitness really got me kind of started with things, and then I was really losing interest. I mean, I got to like three thirty, and I was just like over it. Like I was tired of dieting, I was tired of not eating any carbs, I was tired of not doing anything else. And I had been coming in here and kind of just working my way up and down the machines. I never touched any free weights. And then, uh, uh, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, I kind of got hooked up with Scott. I met this shit everywhere. Yeah, I went to, one day I was, one night I was walking out and I was just like defeated. And I said to Ray, I'm like, what's the deal with personal trainers? I was like, you know, I, I need something. Something's got to change. Cause like, I, I just can't, like if I'm going to have to keep doing this every day, Seven days a week, I I just can't. I'm, yeah. I'm over it, you know. And I got hooked up with this guy. This guy, eyeballs over here, and uh, <laughs> eyeballs McGee got me set up with some strength training <laughs> stuff. And now I get yelled at for doing that too much. So I don't know. It's a win-win. Josh is a uh, he's an all-in type of guy, but he's he's his own worst enemy because I'm like, hey, you gotta take a break every now and then. He's like, yeah, I'll take a break. Sends me a video. Yeah, so <laughs> we work hard on Friday nights. Like Friday nights are brutal. So Saturday we usually take off. Now Josh is in here lifting. I'm like, why are you lifting? He's like, well, I'm keeping it light. And Josh, he doesn't know how to do it. See, I think that, that's something that we talk about. The, like, I'm, I am 100% on board with giving your body a break. Especially, a break. I, how old are you? 32. Yeah, you're getting to that age. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. I mean, you, you actually grow better by being exactly. Your body has to repair. You don't get any chance to repair. It's just going to cause a state of stress and it. That all that cortisol builds up because you're never going to build. But the other stuff. thing is, uh, I've always been taught that. So when you go to calorie deficit, your body eventually adjusts to that. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I was definitely at because when I first started with him, he's like, "How many calories do you have in a day?" And I'm like, "1,200." Not very many. And he's like, oh, "What do you mean?" And I told, I, he's like, "Just track it for a couple of days." And I sent it to him, and he's like, "Okay, you need to eat like double that." Because yeah. <laughs> we're going to be working out pretty hard, and you're going to need it. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I still is- struggle with getting enough calories in because. It's it screws with your head when you were that big that you don't want to go back, you know. So you look at stuff and you're like, okay, well, that we're having mashed potatoes and turkey, you know. Well, all right, I'm, I'm just gonna. You have don't turkey. do a cheat meal like a day or two a week. I don't. I try not to. Uh, I, I, see, not, I've always I'm been not taught you do want to do that because it kind of shocks your system. Like I know, I remember the one fight I had to make. I think it was 83. It was a real weird. It was a catch weight, and I hadn't been that low for years, and I was. Doing what you were doing, going on these crazy calorie deficits, wasn't looking good. And then we had Papa John just moved into Bedford, and I'm like, fuck it. I'm having, and I think I ate a pizza and a half, and I <laughs> shit you not, I woke up the next day and was literally lighter than what I've, I don't know, maybe it's my body or whatever, but I have been so calorie deficit that I shocked my system yeah. and ended up literally losing weight. But yeah. it's, so I, 
Andrew would be a better call on this, but from what I have read and all the research, I, and again, I'm going to probably use the wrong terminology, but basically think about survival. So your body, so muscle is expensive. Yeah. Muscle's always been expensive. So for me to feed muscle, right, it requires a lot of calories. So calories being the money. If there's not enough in there, the first thing your body's going to go after, it's going to go after fat, and, you know, but it's going to eat away at muscle because muscle is expensive. It's going to yeah. be like, I don't need all this muscle. So if you're somebody that's big and jacked, if you go ahead and go calorie to deficit, you will lose that muscle, and that's oh, why. Yeah. Because your body's going to store so much fat to protect its organs and keep warm, so for survival. So if you put your body into a survival protocol, it's going to suck. But then you start adding food, it's like, oh, wait a second. I'm not, I'm not yeah. survive, I don't need to survive anymore. I have plenty of food coming in, so now I can learn to burn more efficiently. I yeah. think that's where that all comes from. And when you were talking about test levels, I was kind of chuckling to myself. So, like, I screwed my body over pretty good. You know, I spent most of my, like mid to late 20s over 400 pounds so and, and not not doing anything I mean I would hike or walk a little bit here and there but nothing you know nothing crazy so like when I went to get my my levels and stuff checked because I was running into this major plateau you know like Hampton's looking at my stuff and he's like you know you're at like 390 you know he's That's like for your low. age he's like you know for yeah. your age and so I mean it, it the toll that you're, you put your body through doing the things you don't even really, you know, you're not thinking what you're going to do and not really realizing what it's going to hurt. Looking back, I wish everybody that's like, oh man, it's such great, so awesome that you lost all this weight. And I'm like, they're so, I'm so proud of you. Well, I'm not because I wish I wouldn't have done it in the first place. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you would be proud of somebody, be proud of the person that didn't do that in the first place and didn't have to go through this yeah, because this is a pain in the ass. To a point, I mean, you know, so that you found that motivation to get your ass up and recognize that there was a problem. Yeah. You know what I mean, I mean, it wasn't like you were sitting in a basement shoving. I mean, you were. I get it. Yeah, life yeah. made you life. do it. You know, life happened. So you want a TRT now or anything? Or no, I'm putting it off. I am. I am. I, yeah, I don't give a shit. I'll tell anybody. I just have my test results back, and I feel better than I ever have. Well, you, I'm like seven. I, just I was three oh nine when I got this all tested. I'm at seven sixty five right yeah. now. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. I, I think it's. I mean, look, they've been doing it with women for how many fucking years? It, it, it's just kind of. You want a fountain of youth? I hate to say it, that. <laughs> for 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 clarity on this. Do this through a doctor correctly. Yeah. If you're, if you're, yeah, we're not talking about doing this. In the right. No, no. So yeah. if you are under, if you are feeling so, we'll back up. Nothing is about me. I have a lot of joint pain. You know, I have two fake hips, so my shit's bad, right? Mm -hmm. So I have chronic inflammation in my system. And it was getting to the point where I'm like, I can't work out anymore. Everything hurt. Yeah. So actually, Ray and Andrew were like, go get tested just in case. And I was pretty low. Ever since they put me on this, that pain has gone away. Oh, I am not any more pain. And I haven't really gotten much strong. I've gotten stronger because I'm in less pain. I can lift more efficiently now. But you're still putting in the work. It's not right. like it's, still, it's, right. not like it's it. some miracle. Yeah. Exactly. America, I'm not know, really putting any muscle. I haven't gained any weight. I haven't really gained any muscle. But I, what I have gained is mobility. I've created... Quality um, of life. Yeah, quality of life is better. Yeah. I'm not waking up going, holy shit, I can't get out of bed. Yep. So that is why... There's nothing wrong. It's, it's it's absolutely not. You're under a dog. I'm on, it's right. no different than... So different than, than something on metformin for, ex for, you know, exactly. for diabetes or whatever. Exactly. I was on that. <laughs> yeah, you're off of that now. Really? And that's where yeah. he has to look at. His blood markers have become better. So like I, when, I, when I was at my worst, I was taking nine pills a day. So I was taking Lexapro, Zoloft. I was taking metformin. Lexapro is a triglyceride thingy, right? That is a, it's a mental health. It's an anxiety pill. Yeah. Oh. So like oh. I was feeling like shit, and I was falling asleep driving all the time, you know. Oh, and I wanted to, shit. I wanted to buy an old car, or I wanted to buy something. And like I was talking to my grandmother because my grand, me and my grandparents were always, have always been very, very close. And I was talking to her, and she's like, "You literally call me like three nights a week on your way home." She's like, "Because you don't want to fall asleep, and you tell me that, you know, like you want to talk to somebody driving home for forty-five minutes." 
I don't think that's a good idea. Why don't you take, you know, you need to focus on you for a little bit. So I went to the doctors, got all checked out, got a CPAP machine, started sleeping better. As soon as I started sleeping better, I had so, and I still to this day, like, I can't sleep. I, I'm, I have so much, I'm always amped up. I'm always, like, the, the I'm, we joke about me being, like, the, the ultimate, like, hype man. Because no matter what, I'm, like, ready. Like, okay, you want to do this? Hell yeah, let's do it. And I just have so much more energy than I did then. And now that I lost the weight, now it's like, that's amplified. You know, so oh, now yeah. I'm just always, like, on and ready to go do something. Like, whatever it is, hell yeah, let's do it. But so you had sleep apnea. I did. Yeah. And I had um, the beginning stages of diabetes, which I don't know that that's actually real. Type 2. Yeah. Are you still on a CPAP? I am. I use the CPAP probably three nights a week. Oh, that's it. Yeah, I mean, I don't. And is I it like I, that fucking mask. The full face. Go. So do you? Think, oh, how do you sleep with that shit? I, 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 I couldn't keep, do it. Do you think that the losing weight has definitely helped your, your that not? Oh, absolutely. Sleep so, so, so I can sleep. I can sleep through the night now. No, no problem. Before I would wake up two and three times, and when I went to the, when I did my sleep study, it was. I mean, I had I had a hundred or now two hundred and sixty instances in the hour. So I had, like, 260 times during the hour, I stopped breathing. Dude, what the fuck? Yeah. Basically dead. So, like, and that, that was what the doctor said. He's like, you will wake up. And I would. I'd wake up, you know, you wake up in the morning, you shit, shower, and shave. And, like, I'd sit down on the toilet, and I'd sit like this, and I'd wake up, like, an hour later. Yeah. And then, like, you can't move your legs or sleep. You know, you're like, oh, shit, I'm already running late, you know. And it, I was just always tired. So See, I could do one of those sleep studies tonight. I got that. Oh really? Yeah, you just you got one. Yeah, because well, they're doing it at home now. Yeah, no, that, that, I, I could have fucking do that shit in front of like yeah, they, I can't fall asleep. Yeah, dude, out. they were they were like, yeah, you want to go to? Night? I said, fuck no, I don't want to go. Yeah, I'm never going to sleep through Sarah. Yeah, yeah, seriously, seriously. hands down. Okay, the absolute best thing I ever did. So like, I was falling asleep at work, and it, that was what the the line was for me. So we were doing. Like, I do a lot of like training, um, remote trainings and stuff. And like we were sitting in a class and like one of the facilitators was talking to me and asking me questions and I'm answering the questions with my eyes closed. And like one of the other people that were there were like pulled me aside afterwards and they're like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, why? And they're Probably like, you're they're like, are you <laughs> fucked up? And I'm yeah. like, no. And that was like the most insulting thing I'd ever heard in my life. Yeah. So I was like, fuck this. I need to get checked out. So I went to the doctor like the next week and that was when he was like, oh, you need this, this, and this. Like I took, I took all of the pills for probably three months and immediately at the day that I started taking the pills I started going to the gym I started going to Planet Fitness I started I just changed I cut bread out completely I cut um, uh, soda out completely soda I could do without yeah bread uh, bread and soda out I entirely I love my bread I'm Italian and for, for a year out. straight no bread like what Thanksgiving Christmas none zero Never ever achieved I it I don't know how my dad would go without bread dude I, I could not know I bre- listen I'd rather eat a little shitty and work out a little harder to just, I could not know. Yeah. I couldn't do it. But I couldn't do it. That was what did it for me. And then, like, three months into it, I was like, I feel great. I'm not taking this shit. Because, I like, that metformin tore me up. Like That's absolute. a core blocker, right? Isn't that basically what it does? It, it, it's an, it, it's, it's an yeah. insulin thing, right? Yeah, so yeah, but I thought, yeah, blocks insulin. But it, yeah, it, yeah, but it also blocks much. blocks absorption of a lot exactly. of that. Exactly. And and the problem that. with that is, like, that's why a lot of bodybuilders actually Correct. take that's that. That's right. Because they can still it. eat some stuff. Exactly. But it blocks it, and they shit it right out. Is that you know? what it does? Yeah, so, like, it is absolutely, positively the most disgusting thing. If you ever take metformin, and anybody that's ever listened that's, that's like, oh, I saw them do this on the internet, don't do it. <laughs> Your stomach will hurt the entire time. Like, you're, it feels like your stomach, like, 
It feels like something's burning inside of you all Dude, the time. Have because you ever it literally heard, is. Have you ever heard of the people that take that that aren't diabetic that take insulin shots? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they're bodybuilders too. Yeah, yeah. they do yeah, that shit because it's like one of the best fucking like pumps and hands. Yeah, on an insulin. Yeah, horrible. Where you're gonna kill yourself? Don't they pop it at the joint, like yeah, the muscle belt? Yeah, it's fucking retarded. Like, oh my god, that's yeah. There's like videos of like like it's almost. And it, and it like yeah. sits in there yes. it, until it absorbs. It's, it's really yeah, bad. Yeah, then they get abscesses and shit. Yeah, like yeah. screw your whole body up, man. You're putting all this extra insulin in you. you know? But it was tearing me up yeah. so bad. I was just like, I'm just gonna do without this, and I did. And then I cut. I like a couple weeks after that, I was like, I don't know why I'm taking this depression stuff. I'm not depressed. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm not. I'm just disappointed in myself for being where I'm at. You know? So I just stopped taking everything, and then. Um, January this year, I went back to the doctor, and I hadn't been there because, like, I'm not a doctor guy. I'm not. That's not my thing. I went back to my primary care, and, and I walked in, and he like stopped what he was doing, like looked up and looked at me, and he's like, "Ah, somebody finally got it, huh?" I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "So, how much of the medicine did you actually take?" And I told him, and he's like, "Well, let's get your blood checked." And then he called me, and he's like, "You don't need to come back. Everything looks great." Keep doing what you're doing. That's good. You know, so but that's, that's a problem. Though. I think there are pills and everything. Exactly. Yeah. I was just gonna ask you, like, when you went in there for that, when you were originally at your highest, 440. Did they ever say, hey, let's sit down, and talk to a nutritionalist, and Not let's once. talk to? You. So that's my, my problem. When I, when they, I don't, don't, they don't, they don't address the root of the problem. They band aid the problem. Here's, here's a, a bunch of pills. Yeah. Let's yeah. see what happens. When I went in, he said it's gonna require either you taking pills or you changing your lifestyle. And my words to him were. If you want me to change my lifestyle, just tell me what to do. Right. Like, I'm dumb. He doesn't know. I know business. I know cars. I know guns. That's it. So tell me what to do. And he's like, go to the gym, walk for an hour a day. He's like, stop eating so much bread. So, did so you I, took that as, I took that as crank the treadmill up, walk as hard as you can for an hour, die sweating, and don't eat bread and don't touch soda ever again. And that was where and, I went And this him. is where the problem was. So you take someone like him who is an overachiever, right? Because you tell him to do something, he's going fucking yeah, balls out. yeah. Nobody told him, all right, here's how many times you should do it, here's how far you should walk, here's how you should walk, here's progressive overload. This is why I push people like Dr. Hampton. Do you know, do you know Dr. Hampton? I know, I know of, I know so, of. So, listen, they hooked me up with him, and he is a, um, he is a, uh, he has Hampton, what's it called? Hampton um, Primary Care. Yeah. This guy knows diet, knows exercise, knows what, like, he knows how to optimize the body, and he also knows nutrition and exercise. Yeah. When you put a doctor that knows that kind of stuff, that's what I want to see. I want to see somebody that knows my lifestyle, that understands what I'm doing, and not some guy saying realizes oh, that well. you want to optimize yourself because you're right. already doing these things. Right. You know. So I go. I I went to Hampton, and that's where I got my test results from. And I didn't like study for my test or like cheat the system. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I went in literally at that point in time. I was fasting. I was doing intermittent fasting. So I went in, and he was like, "Hey, we need to do blood work. You're gonna have to fast." And I'm like, "I already knew this was coming. I haven't eaten anything since last night at six o'clock." Is that still good? Yep, that's great. So we did it, you know, and we got the results that we got. But kudos to Hampton in the fact that, like, instead of just being like, oh, your numbers are low, here, let's just get you started to pin once a week. You know, he was like, hey, I'm going to send you a list of some things. Here's some natural stuff you can try. Try this. If this doesn't work for you, give me a call. You know, we can, we can definitely make something work, but try this stuff first and see how you feel. Um, I've been trying things. Like, I've been doing red light therapy. I've been doing... Cryo. cryo and trying different different really? things. Yeah, and uh, I really don't think that any of that stuff's helped. So at some point, I probably will take the plunge. I just don't know if it's something I personally want to do for the rest of my life. But at the same time, I also feel like it will be a great tool to help to get me back to where I need to be. 
you know, what's, what's that? The what TRT. These are Dude, I, I don't know why you wouldn't. I, I, I don't know what you're waiting on. It's, if your levels are that, they're generally they're not going to bounce back. Yeah. And it's not. I personally like to see. I like to see if you get to 250. My, this is my, my personal thing. What do you get now? Three, 298. Uh, 295 this morning. So if I gave him down, even 20 more pounds, let's say we go to 270, right? Let's see where it's at then. At 270, which you're probably becoming more at your towards your anatomical weight, right? Yeah, then I think I'm probably built to be about what I'm at now. I mean, I'd like to not, this is weird to say on the podcast, but like my biggest thing, it all has always been the exact same. Like before I met Scott, I would come in and I would do flies like crazy because the only thing that bothers me is the fact that my boobs are bigger than most of the chicks that are in here you know so like and anybody that's listening sorry if I'm a, you know but I'm just being honest that's the one thing about me like I literally sent Scott progress pictures last night so I took progress pictures and I've been doing it about every three to six months um, I sent him pictures from before and then like yesterday and like Scott's like oh man you know look at your back or look at this and I'm like yep all I can see is the fact that I still have like double D's you know, like that's all. That's to me all I'm ever probably gonna see. People always look at themselves harder than everybody else. Oh like, yeah, you're, you're gonna find that one thing you don't like, and that's what you focus on. You know, I can look back and say, like, your jaws, like his back is now more V-shaped. You he used to have, he'd say, but you were like more like a bell. Yeah. Now he's a more V-shaped, yeah. right? So he's starting to get that defined, def, defined look, and uh, I think it looks good. But he's always gonna view himself as a different man. I think we all do. We're, yeah, we all. Much, we look at ourselves every day. Yeah. I said the same thing. Like, so, you know, you seeing him, you know, you seeing him once, you know, a picture with once a couple weeks, yeah. it's different than seeing someone every, every day. day. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. I, I mean, I know the same thing. Top of the conversation. I would probably jump on it. I, it it's a great conversation to have because I think there are a lot of people out there that, you know, are interested in dabbling into something like that, you know. But my my thing is, as long as it's in, as long as it's with a doctor's care, yep. I think it's a great. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 Don't don't do the black Correct. market. There's a bunch of dudes. Yep. You don't know what you're putting in your body. Here's the thing with 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 testosterone hormone. Period. So everybody's like, well, we'll take TRT for instance. So prostate runs in my family. So people are like, oh my god, prostate cancer. Well, the research now is showing people with low T have a better chance of getting prostate cancer than people that have. Normalized exactly. testosterone. So, because it converts to dye, 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 hydro testosterone. Right. The bad, the, the, the bad. hydro, hydro. Exactly. Yeah. But either way, like, I'm willing to. I'd rather optimize my body and be where I want to be. Like, be, because for me, inevitably, if prostate runs in every male in my family, I'm gonna get it either way. They have never tried this. What if I try this and it works? What if this Plus prevents it? Cross score anyhow to, to, yeah. to minimize that. It's. Bad test. The studies are coming out. Low test has, has more heart disease. There is yes. a shitload of stuff yeah. that's tied. Low T causes more problems than you know where we're at. Being they, on the TRT, yeah. and they haven't tapped the mental side of it. They're just starting to tap into the mental well, side. Let me tell you about that. It's funny you said that. Yeah. So I have really bad anxiety, right? I've had some TBIs and shit. So long story short, um, I was going through some really dark times. Um, I had some anxiety problems, and like fuck, I, don't, I can't figure figure this out. I've been on this TRT. Perfect. Yeah. Now, I, I messed up. I, I switched to the cream. Oh. And when I went to that cream, I messed up one day and I put too much on. I, in, in a 24 hour period, I ended up using three. Triggered me. Really? My testosterone, my anxiety went through the roof. Figured out what caused it. Now I'm back to my, I know exactly what I'm doing every day now. I feel my anxiety is now under control. It took a little bit to readjust. So I went from intramuscular at the end. Then I went to sub-Q. That's what I do now. Well, the sub-Q is having a problem, but they think I was in subdermal. I don't have enough fat, so my problem, I couldn't get lit. I'll tell you, by the way. There's well, a way to... Yeah, you have to yeah, show me. Yeah. But then I switched up to this cream. Um, 
So, so is that the compounding shit, or is that the androgel or the? No, this is literally like a like a, a white cream, just so like a lotion. It's a lot. Yeah, it's a lotion. Compound, it's in it's yeah. in it's called a mega pump. Put it in your hand, yeah. rub it on your scrotum a couple times a day. Is that where it goes? Right in your scrotum. Play, I get to play my balls twice a day. <laughs> Doctor told me I have to, so I'm good. Nobody can stop me. Nobody can make fun of me. So, so you see me in the gym, I rub my balls. I'm doing. Oh my god! Since uh, if you don't mind me asking, I'm no. I'm just curious for my own twenty. Even on that long. Oh my god! I, I bet you, late twenties. Oh wow! Yeah, because I what I, I look. I'm not gonna bullshit. I tell the guys all the time. Yeah. I mean, I juiced hard after. I, I you know, I, I you know after making weight so many years and, and you know people saying, oh, well, he's a badass, but he's small. I got a complex, and I want to get big. Yeah, I want to be a big badass. You proved that you had to do it. Yep. yep. And I got big as shit, and uh, screwed my body up. That's you know, and that's why it, it's sad to say, but they're, they're in, in youth wrestling. They're, it's a problem. There's parents giving their kids shit, and I'm not oh, gonna say. I, that. I, I, I just read a thing oh, about SARMs being. Oh, it's it's SARMs huge. Is oh, huge. SARMs is so like, dangerous. So dangerous. Look, I and I mean, there are five kids right now that I know are on SARMs. There's probably three or four more, and this is back when Caden's group was coming up. GH, there was a doctor in Jersey that was faking pituitary gland tests to get their kids on GH. There was three on that that Jesus. I know of. Um, and that's why I refuse to let my kids do any of it because I know what I, I, I'm been, I'm been on TRT since I'm, you know, mid, mid to late 20s. Yeah. I'm not going to have that for my fucking kids. Right. No. no and, what, to win, a, to win an extra tournament or something? That's what I get. Like, so what's, what's the risk first reward here, right? So you fuck your kids up the rest of their life, possibly, right? Give them shit they don't well, even know it's about. It's not possible. It's, it's going to happen. It's right. going to happen. For, and let's be honest, I'm, and I'm not being a totally dick here, where's this kid going to go after high school? Well, that's, you know, yeah. especially wrestling. I 3%? Mean, you know, the end game for me has always been a scholarship. The oldest one achieved yeah. that. I mean, what, what's Olympics, there's what, five weight classes now? So you're talking 0.001%? Yes. Um, you know, either going to coaching, MMA, or, you know, get on with their life's work. And now they're on their life's work. They've... For the last 10 years, they put stupid shit in their body. They're 18, and they're fucked. They're fat. They're, they're you know... I, All I kinds see, of health I, problems. I, I, I know what it, uh, you know... So, and when you you were saying, you with the stuff that you got into, you know, and I don't, you don't have to be specific. Oh, I don't give a shit. So, what, you know, this is a good topic of discussion for people, too, you know, is, I mean, there's so much stuff out there, right? You know, you can't literally, you literally can't walk into, like, the powerlifting room some night, at, at any night, and you can't walk back there without hearing somebody be like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm thinking about trying it. Oh, like, yeah. there's so much stuff and no information. Yeah. Zero information. Well, and and there's just this dude whose buddy's buddy got fucking huge because he took some shit that some guy sold him in the fucking that's bathroom. That, when you're forgetting, you know, me in my late 20s, the internet was just kind of... Yeah. So new. forms were just coming on. That's how I learned. You know, I talked to, you know, I talked to friends who were big and, you know, but... There's some shitty advice going on. I just I research shit up. And at your age, you didn't look at 50 years old. You didn't say, hey, here at right, 42 years old that you're at now, right? 42. Yeah. yeah. At 42, you wow. were, you were at, gonna get punched in the face. You were 20, when, when you were 20 years old, you didn't look at your 42 year old self and went, oh, I wonder what's going to happen when I'm 42. You don't care then. No. You were you were an up and comer fighter, and you yeah. wanted to put everything you had into it. You didn't give two shits with the future. Yeah. But now here we are. We're older now. And we're like, ooh. 
Maybe that wasn't the best of idea. Oh, it, you know. It, to try to explain this to a kid nowadays. You're not going to. I didn't listen back then. They're not going to listen. You just don't broach it. You, you don't. You don't. And, and neither. And let me be clear. Neither one of my kids had any interest in No one. But, it, you know, wrestling's a different. I mean. Oh, it's. There's some nutty parents that just it's live always their the worst. kids. I mean, it's just it's football and wrestling are two of the worst parents out there. I don't know. I think wrestling takes cake. Yeah. There's some real idiots out I there. Agree. But I mean, just I could sit here. I could sit here on a whole another podcast and tell you the shit I've seen of people giving their kids, treating their kids. I mean, it's a brutal sport. Yep. But I will not compromise my kids' health yep. for a trophy. Worth it. Me. Me it just isn't worth it. Me no. You know, and, and you're it, looking at the bigger picture when they're, you know, that's nice because they're only able to see what's happening right now. Do you I might that? take that chance, but... Well, here's the thing. You know, a couple of the kids that I know, um, you know, one used to kick the shit out of Kane when he was 12 years old. He's on GH. I mean, he used to kick the shit out of him. I mean, he was built like a... He was a Jersey kid, built like a man, you know, beat shit out of him. Well, he's on GH. Well, guess what? My kid's in Division One wrestling. That kid's done. He's done. Yeah. You know, you get tested in NCA. Right. You know, what do you think? I you're like going to keep man. doing... You're going you're gonna to keep running, you know... Uh, Cycle after cycle. Yeah, yeah. I would like to know for these parents, is it a lack of education? They don't realize what it's doing to their no, kids. live now. It's a live now. now. Or they're living so vicariously that their kids are like, oh, boy, tell you what, if I, if I could have had that as a kid, I could have oh, rather give that to them. That's, listen, it's live through their kid, and it's now. Now, right? You know, they you, don't care about the future. You see these eight, you know, you see, you know, and we'll cross coming to high school. I'm starting to get out of the youth wrestling, thank God. But, you know, you'll go to these, they have these national duels, these dads walk around in more fucking gear, club gear, than the kid has. Dude, you didn't, you know, right. there's a big tournament called Reno Worlds. It's, it's like one of the best. These dads walk around in full Reno Worlds. Dude, what, what are you doing? You didn't wrestle in that shit. Right. You didn't wrestle at all. Celebrate your kids. Yeah, yeah, you know, and they're walking around, and, and, and generally the, the, the dads with the good kids have this air about them, you know. Look, your kid's good. That doesn't mean you know good. you're not good. You you know, it's I always looked at the at the dads that were good in college, that were how did they treat their kids? And if you notice, ninety-nine percent of them let their kid do their thing. Because they know it's it's a it's a journey. It's yep. not a win at ten, a win at eleven, right. you know. Because you kids. don't want that future over that kid. Oh, yeah, I mean, there's... You might not grow, could get hurt. What, there's, there's a million... Lose interest. Girls, I mean, there, there's a million things. Yeah, I mean, they find something else that they love and, and are passionate about, and all of a sudden, now... Well, that's it. They're stuck. And, you know, and if you work like an idiot, you know, they're, they're hiring personal trainers at eight years old. And look, I love I love personal... I love that shit. But eight years old... Yeah, come you on, know, dude. And working out six, seven days a week, multiple workouts a day... And I'll tell you, as a trainer... You, you said your kid to me who doesn't want to be here, right? This eight-year-old kid doesn't want to... That's right. So you want him here, so you want me to give everything I have to this kid, and the feedback I'm getting is this kid's going, yep, you're full of shit, I ain't doing this. No, dad just wasted 40 bucks. He's waiting for you. So I'm, thinking, I'm looking at this kid going, all right, but you got to work. He's like, ah, I don't want to. Yep. But now, now it's become a babysitter for me. I'm like, all right, this but this is going nowhere. This kid, this guy's throwing money away. This kid doesn't want to be now. You give me a kid that gives me, he has that's the heart right. and wants to be there. I'll take you all day long. Oh, that's it. But that's, that's how I'm like you. I'm trying to go through my clients now. Like, you're giving me everything you got. If you're going to be here, you don't want to be here. I, then that's fine. Let's not. But there are not Well, yeah, it's. I mean, I don't, it's not. I mean, I'm past the point. It's about money. You know, I just want people. They're going to give me their all. Right. But, I want you know, to give me. 
which I have most of my all my clients are really really good. Yeah, you have some great. Yeah, I got really good clients. I can't some great can't kids. Bitch. But that's that's happened over the years. Me and Jeremy have seen that, you know. Oh, I, think, I love watching videos of YouTube. I love Those the shit things. you do. I oh, love. I love. I like that, and I've always been like that. When I, you know, when I fought, I was always looking for that edge. I always want that edge, and I always, you know, I read the back then, I read the books, you yep. know, the, oh, and the, the muscle, and fit, all that bullshit. I'd always try to. I always wanted an edge. I love that shit you guys do. Well, thank you. I, I love, appreciate it. The different exercises and the, you know, you, I think it was you. You had a barbell on two suspended. Oh, doing that's yeah. cool as shit. I love that. But it's so great for functional. football presses, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah but it's so good. functional. Yes. Rather than just dropping your 16, 17 or up, and the Jimmy's gonna bench the whole time. You know and, he and is. And the bench, which has very little carryover to athletics, like a bench. What well, is zero? But you do that jammer press. Now well, yeah. the football player, core has to be engaged, learn that power yep. position, be able to drive. Plus you're in a stance, you're it's a, a functional one. You're not laying on a bench. Yep. When are you ever going to push someone up evenly? Never. It's, you know, there's actually a way to do that if you do a step two to come out of that. There's so many things. We can talk about that. Oh, I, yeah, we had a lot yeah. of fun doing that. The one yeah, that is fun. That's a good, that's one of my go-tos for a lot of like, if you ever, give me a lineman, he's getting on that. He's going to yep. work that shit all day long because it's a driving exercise. I, I always look at your videos, you know, what you do with your group, I, I, I watch what, what he does with Sid. Sid I love that. He shit. has Sid. She's man, a freaking monster. She is so explosive, isn't she? Dude, she's that girl has. She just does. Pounds. Stop training. I have to. I have to tell her like, look, let's take a day off. Like, yeah, I know that's like. It's, I'm, I'm not even an athlete, dude. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Tell you what, though, she has come a long. I mean, her wrestling is literally legit. Full circle now. She's. Yeah. She is literally how far she's come and how much work she's put into. She actually wrestled for Holidaysburg back in school yeah, she did. Um, and wasn't very good. But now she's legit. Yeah. I'll watch her take some shots. I'm like, fuck. She's the epitome of what happens. You put hard work in. You, yeah. you get hard work, dedication, you'll go far. So. Yeah. yeah, and somebody that wants it, you know, it's, it's different. Yep. You know, there, there's a different different aura with her. Well, that's it. And I mean, she's, you know, she's turning pro. She wants to turn pro. And it's now it's. It's a job now. I mean, it's not you take a fight and you lose. Oh well, it's no. It's that's your career now. Because yeah. she has a chance. You know, I, I, we said her and Ethan. You know, they really have a chance yeah, they to can, do things. They're so young, you know. And I'm talking big shows. Mm -hmm. and, and when Cam gets his head out of his ass and starts practicing more, he's he's another one that's right there. I mean, he's a problem. Cam's. I mean, everybody on a team yeah. has a different attribute that I love. You know, and, and every one of them has the ability to do something great. They bring a lot to the table. Yeah, Good. it's, you know, so. and I, I mean, I treat them, you know, I, I look at them, and I'm, I'm way more picky than what Ray is, probably too picky with fights, you know, because I look at them like my kids, you know, and I always look, you know, when I'm judging a fight or, you know, looking at a fight to take or not to take, you know, I always think, hey, what I want Caden, what I want Cross, you know, I try to treat them. You know, and to a point. I mean, you also don't want a baby. You don't want right. tomato cans. Right. But it has to make sense. Yep. You know, I'm not gonna. You know, I. You know, my first boxing coach was fight anybody. You know, I was a fucking sub novice. He's throwing me with open people. Oh shit. You know, I never wanted that shit for my. You know, and I look, but you also learned, right? Uh, to Trial a, by fire. Yeah, but I mean, the score knocks yeah. him I was just too dumb to not, not do it, but. Nowadays you'll 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 lose. Those kids aren't like. Yeah, they're gonna um, ring your bell. No, I mean just the the, the mental toughness isn't there. Yeah, you don't have the same. The, these kids in atmosphere. Yeah. Now. The the I mean, you know I've coached youth sports for years, and you you get kids now that have 
there's a fine line between pushing and where they'll say, fuck it, I got a game, you know, I, I got PS5 at the house. It's a lot easier than the e- Ethan, Sid, and Cam are exceptions. They are exceptions to this, this new age rule. They are... They are like that, that old school mentality, but that's hard to find these days. Well, I won't. I, I won't even train people that don't. Yeah. I hate to say it. And I mean, you know, and, you know, not not neglecting the other guy. I mean, you know, Dan Dan Albright, well, he's a wrestler. He has that, just a great mentality. He's a, and he's a big dude, and he's just tough as shit. You look at that last fight, that kid clipped him. I'm going to say probably nine out of ten dudes, that fight's probably over. At that point, yeah. Dan grabbed a leg and literally finished him. Is that right? Um, I don't know him. I have to meet him. Yeah, he's a big. You can't miss Big Dan. Call him Big Dan. He. So he's from my way. I've known him for years. Um, He did, and admittedly, he'll he'll tell you himself. He thought he could do MMA from his garage, and took a couple losses. Yeah, yeah. Took a couple losses. He probably shouldn't have. Come with us, and we've. He's been on a win streak with, and not not saying that we're awesome, right, right. but just that, right. just that idea. Guys, you know, there's a difference between, and Ethan always says there's levels. But you are awesome, by the way. You guys uh, do that good. Well, we do, we do well. very well. No, now, right. how old is this kid? Dan, Dan is probably 20, 24, 25. Oh, good. So he still has a long. Oh time. my god, good. yeah. He's probably yeah. going to be the next belt holder for us. How big? Two heavyweight-ish. So he's heavyweight. Yeah, he's yeah. a big dude. Okay. His legs that look like fucking tree stumps. Listen, out. I can kick hard, and I feel like sometimes when I kick that big son of a bitch, like, am I even kicking something? Like, it doesn't even like it doesn't even look like it affects him. I mean, when I say legs, I shit you know yeah, tree trunks. They're huge. Yeah, that's impressive. But uh, but you know he'll probably be the next belt holder. You know, hopefully Cam can get that back. Ethan has the belt. Yep. Um, Sid's gonna turn pro, so hopefully she'll have a belt here, a regional belt within a, a couple fights. Good. I mean, she's running into a problem because people don't want to fight her. That's what I've heard. I mean, that's just that's crazy. crazy. I heard everybody's scared to fight her. That's yeah, it's just say we thought. I, but she, that's a testament how good she is, though. People were scared to fight her. I mean, it sucks, but at the same time, it's kind of bittersweet. Like you want to fight, but at the same time, when you have that reputation of like, I don't want to fight that girl. She's too good. Well, it's kind of cool. It is I mean, kind of cool. You know, like, it's, you're not, you're it'll be nice to get one, get get a good belt fight in first, so that you have something to hold on to. Heavy as the head that wears the crown, you know what I mean? She's women's MMA is where men's MMA was back in the what the early two thousands. It's just kind of starting to get some steam. I mean, she's at the perfect time, I think, to really do something good because it's at that stage. I think in the next five, ten years, you're going to see some fucking. Animal, because yeah. there's some girls, girls wrestling's taken off. You know, there's some problems coming up in the next five years. She's right there. She's kind of on that. She's that next generation of women who've done everything, and she's kind of one of the first ones. Yeah, she can really do something. If she does, if she plays her cards right and works hard, she can really do something. That's I awesome. think. And so can Ethan, and, and you know Cam too. I mean, if he. That's you know, when school's done and, and he gets his head out of his ass and starts training regularly, he's, yep. he's a problem, too. Yeah, it's impressive to watch all them go, so we'll keep yeah. an eye on it. Hey, Darren, listen, we're getting, we're getting into our time here. I, we got to get stuff going, and we, we've been going about an hour and 40 minutes. So sure. before we go, um, I'd like to see if you have a quote for us. We try to get every guest to give us a quote. Anything that you've lived by, anything that you tell your fighters, something that we're just quote people. Well, if you ask them... The, the quote that I've said more than anything that 
the drills for both people. That's, yeah. that's my. <laughs> all our drills are for both people. That's the, uh, that's probably the one of the things Jason I say most. I used to love Jason Dignan. He always when we did, they were big in the shadow. He like always warmed up to shadow boxing. He said, "This isn't a one sided ass whooping." When you're shadow boxing, <laughs> I understand there's somebody in front of you. You got to learn yeah. how to block. Just can't be throwing punches. You got to learn how to block. Yeah. But never a one sided ass whooping. So, Darren, we appreciate you coming in your Sunday. Um, spend time with us. That was very good, man. I, yeah, I excellent. Uh, appreciate so all the information. Nice I know it got hot in here, but hey, we'll go yeah, no that. shit. Yeah. That's all the around. fucking hot air he blows. Yeah. <laughs> 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 right. Thanks, guys. Yep, we'll catch up.